Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. While I'm standing away, I'm time lasting video. I'm building out. All right, let's get started. I think I said it like seven times already. Okay. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. We have Fred on the show. Yay. Fred's back, and Kevin and Fred are both on the show this time. Oh, Uh nice. Terrible. We're like like a humidifier and a dehumidifier. We're going to just put the (laughs) same room and fight it out. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) All right. So this is episode number 57, Talking Shop with Fred. How's everyone's week been? Good. Good? good. I always good. say good. It was good. good. <laughs> Productive. It, it wasn't too eventful, it's, but it was good. I guess it's better than saying, oh, man, it was the worst weekend of my life. So Yeah, that's true. But but that would make a better story for the audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so who wants to start? Don't all jump at one shot. I don't care. All what? right. Let's, uh, let's let our... Guest host start first. So it's our friend. Right. Been a while. All right, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll go ahead and start then. My week. Let's see. I've been cleaning up my shop, but I'm, that's nothing new. I've been working on this poor shop for a month, two months. Patrick over on the uh, community cast says it's my new hobby. But this week, I actually changed things up a little bit. I actually started messing up the shop. I've been doing some actual work in here. Okay. Um, nice. And uh, that led to me actually getting a couple of quads out and getting them flight ready again. And and. Nice. Uh, my Versacopter, got that going. I, I've had a love-hate relationship with my Versacopter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, you know, everyone that's flown it has crashed it, and someone, you know, has broken those little side plates. I did a mod I found online where they took uh, aluminum risers, the little aluminum standoffs, mm-hmm. and I ditched the, uh, the the plastic side plates, and I put those in instead, and now it's rock solid. I can crash that thing, and, and no broken parts. It's awesome. Nice. Fred, the Versacopter, that's the... That's the one before the Electro Hub, that flight. No, the, ele- the Electro Hub was first. The, uh, yeah, the it was after. Hub, well, it was the the Electro Hub was actually second. You had the round wooden any hub. That's the one I was thinking of. That's not the yeah. Versacopter. No, no, the Versacopter is the rectangle. Yeah, it's like an H quad almost. Oh, okay. H frame. Yeah, yeah. I thought the and I thought the round wooden one was before the Electro Hub. That it you was. could do also all different types it, of. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. the round wooden one. And then yeah, they came yeah. out with the electro hub, which was the round, same size, same same bolt pattern, but it had the electric um, tabs for soldering. Right. And yep. then they they changed over to the uh, Versacopter, which is the the rectangle. Oh, and okay. I, I love oh, it. Right, and the right, thing right. it's it's a cool, fun build. I enjoy building it, but I just didn't like that. You know, if you had a hard crash, you're breaking that plastic. Um, right. And you know this this mod, someone I, I forget who it was that posted it. Um, I saw it a while ago and finally decided to try it. And it, it is. It's bulletproof now. I rolled that thing across the ground. It was cartwheeling. Really? And I picked it up. It's fine. Yeah, that's because well, the, the prop goes into the side, right, and breaks it? Is that right? No, it's just it's just the way it flexes. It doesn't have any give. Oh. Yeah. Um, and so you had these, uh, the the center bolts that went through it, um, you know, the, the, the frame could, you know, flex and collapse a little bit, but it would snap the um, the, the Delrin or uh, where it, it uh, mounted up where the... Um, booms went through it, it would crack up there sometimes and i actually got some uh, uh 3d printed sides i was running them for a while it was kind of nice but they they you know i'm just abusive to my quads and so uh finally wore them out but this uh 
this is great with the the V2. They got the C clamps for holding the uh, boom in the front and the back, and then with the aluminum standoffs in the center, it's awesome. I mean, it's just it it's it's indestructible now. Nice, cool. And and the Versacopter that uses carbon fiber booms or aluminum? Yeah, yeah, they've got carbon oh. fiber booms. Okay, cool. And then it's oh. got the aluminum uh, motor mount, you know, that clamps on. Right on the ends. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice. The other big thing this week, I'm super excited about. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Is I got my pan and tilt going on my on my goggles. So I put that on the the uh, Radian. So I can just get up Ooh. there, take my hands off the controls, and just look around. I, I can't wait to do it. Oh, that's nice. crazy, man. Oh yeah, because I mean, you get the Radian up there, you don't have to touch it. Just just kind of just look around. I hope I don't get too far away because I'm you know just enjoying the view. Mm-hmm. So I guess you have head tracking on your goggles. Yes, I've got the uh, Attitude. Uh, V3s. Uh, Alex recommended them to me, and they're awesome. I, I'm loving those. I was using the uh, Predator V2s for a while, and I didn't, I didn't realize how bad they were. They were great when I got them, mm-hmm. and then I tried on a pair of the HDs up at Flight Test. And uh, yeah, don't do that. If if you're not ready to buy the next level of something, don't try. <laughs> yeah, it. Don't try it. <laughs> you're, you're, you'll never. It's just you. You you'll never feel the same about the ones you have. So. Right. So how does the pan and tilt like wire up? How how does it actually go from your your head um, your FPV goggles? Does it go to your transmitter? Yes, there's a, a special plug for my Fat Shark goggles that goes down into a stereo plug that plugs into the trainer port. Okay, and uh, then you have to set it up uh, through um, your menu. In fact, in this case, it's the DX6 from Spectrum, and mm-hmm. it's a super simple setup. You go in. Uh, there's actually a setting just for it. And basically, it, really? it, okay. it goes it goes through the trainer setting. It goes um, it's a special FPV uh, blend on it, um, so you can use the switch just like you're you're taking or releasing the um, trainer mode. Uh, right. You can give give control to the um, to the goggles, or you can uh, use the. Ah, uh, I see. Or you can do it off from off from the transmitter through switches or dials. Right. And so, oh, that's cool. Oh, it's awesome, and yeah, it, it works great. I was really impressed with it so far. Nice. And th- does it reset when you let go of the training button? Like, you know, go right back to your, um, I guess, zero position? Like a home point? No. Um, yeah. You have to, uh, there's a button on the goggles that allows you okay. to reset. Dude, that's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. I've, I've played with them for about an hour tonight just looking around my shop. So That's going to add so much more to the experience. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So can you have flight control and the head tracking on at the same time, or is it either or because it's using the training port? Oh no! That's the the beauty of the blend is it uh, allows you to um, you know do both at the same time. So even though the goggles are taking control of those two channels, ah, uh, I see. Okay. Still able to control everything else, and you're just using the auxiliary and gear on the uh, six channel uh, mm-hmm. receiver. So and it works real oh, simple. Nice. Uh, I got a awesome. sweet. I ordered the uh, pan tilt system with the the servos from somewhere online, mm-hmm. and uh, my only regret right now is the um, the servos are standard servos, so the the tilt works great. I mean, I can look straight up almost and then down, but the uh, the pan part, it's a very narrow turning radius. So um, I need to see about getting myself a 180 servo. Ah, okay. It'd be nice. You know, it'd be really cool if you could get something that's like like a, a cordless one that can go pretty much like 360 degrees. If yeah, like and then just look way. back over the tail. Right, that, right, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, something to look for. Uh, that'll mm-hmm. be the next fix for it. Nice, cool, man. So, what else do you have there? This, uh, my wife. She, uh, she, she was a little bit mean to me this week. 
Um, I was all excited. It was, it was cold weather here in Florida. Everyone everyone loves to hear about my cold weather in Florida. Uh, woke yep. up early, going, getting ready to go over and check, see if anything froze at the park, and uh, go to the kitchen. There's my wife, and she's cooking breakfast. She's got some oatmeal, and she's got molasses, and she's getting it all set up. Nice. I'm excited. I'm thinking, okay, you know, I need to thank her. So I try to thank her, and she screams at me, back off. This is for the chickens. <laughs> oh. she's, she's making oatmeal for the chickens. Yeah, I don't what did she it. say? <laughs> Something about them being freezy and it's not their fault and they need to be warmed up with the oatmeal. I don't know. I'm about <laughs> to go outside and be cold. cold. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that was love. But then she made up for it. Um, she she ended up going and getting me a 32-inch TV for the shop. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Awesome. Fred, chickens yeah, well, and water don't freeze at, like, 65 degrees, though. Yeah. Oh, I know oh, that, right? We've actually had down in the low twenties. Uh, oh, have you? For like an hour or two in the, <laughs> in the early two. morning. But uh, yeah, it's enough that it'll. You know, we yeah. don't. We don't down here in Florida. We don't do any sort of insulation with our plumbing. So we've got the water spigot sticking up out of the ground. And uh, if you, uh, you know, on those nights, it'll it'll pop the. the yeah, that could be trouble. Yep. Yeah. So we have to leave it trickling and stuff for you know you know we've we've got our one week of winter done. So I don't think we're gonna have any more. It's been it's been rough. Uh, you got but, through you know, it. It's it's going to be back it. in the seventies and eighties this you know tomorrow and and so on. So flying weather in time for the weekend. Nice, nice. It was thirty two today, and I was thinking it was summer. Yeah, walked <laughs> outside, and I was like, well, because there's no wind. Yeah, it was no wind. It was thirty two degrees, and I was like, yeah. wow, this actually feels yeah. warm to me. I used to live in Massachusetts, so I I've been through it, and I don't miss it, man. I, I'm loving Florida. There you uh-huh. go. All right. All right, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Well, I didn't go flying, so I get a no-fly for this uh, week, as as they say on RCHN. But uh, I did work on my uh, my little RC tank that I've been messing around with that I 3 d Yeah, printed. you showed me some of that. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's so stupid. It's fun, though. I don't know. I've just been – it's, you know, the little tiny worm drives that are like $3 motor and worm drive set up. That was the one you 3D printed, right? Yeah. That was the one the guy had posted on Thingiverse, the, the entire tank – minus the tracks and then wanted you to buy his tracks from him and i was like well screw this i'm not buying his tracks i'm just gonna design my own and 3d print them so i did that and i actually <laughs> counted them it's it's 65 tracks aside so i had to print out 130 tracks uh, and put them all together it's it i don't know it sounds like a lot but it, it really wasn't that bad and it's a fun little project and i had it hooked up to an h bridge controller because they're two dc motors so i could move each motor forward and back yeah um Independently. Now, do they do, do they uh, snap together, or do you have to put a bolt through every one? No, I bolt. had to I had to drill and tap them, and I and I ordered a bunch of different sizes of those uh, the three M, you know, uh, hex head, yeah, style like th- different lengths of those. And strangely enough, you can actually get a three a three millimeter drill and tap kind of set that goes from three mil on up at Home Depot. So I got one from there, and it's been great, man. I've been like. Just drilling and tapping, and most of the holes are are the right size. You just got to tap them out. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I've been messing around. I've been designing like another version of it where I can actually three D print nut holders to where it holds in the oh nice, the and that way you're not having to put the driver on both sides. Yeah, so so yeah, so so I won't have to drill and tap the plastic, which is gonna you know probably break eventually. Anyways, I mean these are only right. like these are your actual air quotes toys. Yeah, <laughs> you know, 
but I've been having now, some fun with that. Did I send you a link to the guy with the wooden version? Yeah, you did. Yep. Yeah, and he made like a bucket loader out of it. Yes. Nice. That was pretty cool. But this I'm hoping cool. to have untethered and completely like RC. Oh, that would be awesome. So I had the four buttons working, and that was going through, like I said, a little H-Bridge controller. And what I did was I wanted to, stupid me, and I still, I'm still i still working through this. Like I originally was going to have the RC receiver talk to the Arduino, which was going to talk to the H-Bridge controller. And while I was experimenting with this, I, I ran a... I ran a program which you can you can kind of read what the RC controller is putting out. So I wrote a little bit of a program to say, well, if it goes above or below this this mark, you know, turn this one off and on or whatever. And I kind of got backwards where I didn't I didn't tell the other two channels which were like say wheels reverse for the other right and left wheels reverse. I didn't tell those to be off, so they were on all the time. And then I added the on to the wheels forward and it fried the little <laughs> controller I had and a little control. I mean, we're talking like $3 for these little, you know, mm-hmm. H bridge controllers, probably, you know, not even that much or whatever it was. Uh, so it's not costing me a lot. So I'm, I'm just messing around with that. So then I was like, well, I'm such an idiot. Instead of doing that, what I should do is, and I don't even know if this is going to work yet because I don't have a lot of experience with the newer electronic speed controllers that were associated with RC cars and stuff like that. So I ordered some small, speed controllers for brushed motors and what i plan on doing is hooking those up to the aileron and elevator channel and doing like a elevon mixing so if i pull yep. backwards they'll both go forwards i can still do right and left you know if i push right, right. forward it'll, it'll go the opposite way i don't know if that's going to work because i don't i'm hoping that the center position on the on the escs is, is it reads a zero on like an rc car but we'll see well i'll just mm. screw it around so there's more than one way to do this yeah, it'd almost be like Elevons on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to see if that works. I mean, it'll probably be the cheapest way I can do it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I also thought about using an XB system, which works with the Arduino, maybe Bluetooth, getting an Arduino Bluetooth adapter and writing some code for that. But I don't really have a lot of experience with any of those. So, you know, it wouldn't be all to waste or anything, you know, because I can at least get some experience from actually going through the tutorials and doing it. Mm-hmm. But it's been it's been a cool little program. I started printing out a blue one. I got a red one. I'm gonna print the blue one out. And I mean, if if it gets going, I'll give them to my nephews or something. Battle you know, or, Yeah, I'll yeah. Just... I was just thinking, like, get some airsoft guns on them and start shooting each other with it. Yeah. Right, did, set up. Did, did you see Peter's new video from today? No. no. Yeah, he he went to the store and bought some RC tanks, and he had a little battle with them. Nice. Oh, nice. Of course, he did. You know, fireworks and black powder and all that stuff involved. So. Of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I did get in some, um, I ordered some 6S connectors and a V-bar case for my V-bar controller because I've been sick of, when you have a radio like that, you don't want it like throwing it in the front seat of the Jeep or throwing it on the mm-hmm. the table, you know, you want to get a case for it. So I broke down and yep. ordered a, a case and I got some 6S uh, connectors and I soldered up my first uh, stick pack for the 690. What nice. size case did you get? Uh, it's it's the standard like V bar case. It's the Mikado case. Oh, okay. It's actually a nice case. It's kind of thinner than the Spectrum one. The radio sits in there kind of flat. You know, you don't have to slide it in and out. So I kind of like it because it's actually a little smaller than the Spectrum one. Nice. So it's it's cool. I, nice. I like it a lot. And I, I know poor Steve. He's waiting for every time you pause. He's getting ready to start talking because he's excited about his stuff. So I know. 
So <laughs> what stuff? So, anyways, <laughs> now I'm all kidding. Wait, wait, so did you, <laughs> wait, so did you get your ESC? Did you did you take your ESC and mounted in your 570 yet? Oh no, dude! I haven't even done that. Oh boy! Sorry. No, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, my garage is is kind of the door isn't insulated at all, so it's yeah, been really cold downstairs. I basically yeah. had a non-element heater, like an oil-filled electric heater, and I've had okay. that. I've had. <laughs> I've almost had my 3D printer sitting directly on top of that thing. Oh no! To regulate <laughs> the heat, and so oh, I can yeah. print these parts. Yeah. No, I I have it on my I have it on my my countertop. I have the heater directly underneath, and I have like a towel going up over oh. to like push the heat in there. And it, I tell you, I'm getting some of the better prints that I've ever had, probably because the temperature's staying consistent. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been an experience with that. Just trying to print a few things out. Especially, you're printing out um, ABS, right? No, for this, I'm printing it in PLA. I have oh, a lot of PLA okay. left over. Uh, all right. Cool. Yeah, and I, Andre um, from the flight test after hours, he's been, uh, he purchased one of the three D Lab planes, yes. and uh, yeah, I know he's been posting a ton of pictures and stuff on on Facebook about it, and <laughs> to the point where I think they're busting his chops over it. Oh, they have a hard time. And I, I told him, I said, just be glad it's not selfies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was giving Andre a hard time about that. Not that I'm, you know, not that I never post any, but. So. But he picked up a um, no, not that he posted any there. Uh, <laughs> but he picked up a three D printer, and I know it was it wasn't like the one I got, which came almost came assembled. Uh, uh-huh. He had he had to put a lot of time into building it. He did a really good job of building it. Um, yeah, he's been doing some add ons to it, and he's he like I said, he got the three D lab plans, which are three D printable airplanes, like pretty good size, yeah. like forty inch, forty eight mm-hmm. inch airplanes. I want to build one. Yeah, I can't do that on mine because of the my build surface isn't large enough to handle it. But he's been asking, you know, he's been posting pictures, and God bless the guy too because, you know, he posts pictures and they bust his chops, and he just keeps posting stuff, and he probably oh, yeah. gets some answers that when you sift through all the crap that, you know, <laughs> that he gets in return, oh, and I give him crap yeah. every now and then. But uh, yeah, I was I was telling him about like what my setup was, what I've been doing over here, and you know maybe what to add on in the future and stuff like that. So. I'm sure he's getting some help from the community. And the latest I saw, he printed out like three more sections to the to the wing that he's been working on. He, ha- he was okay. having some lifting issues where the 3D print was coming off the bed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think he's got straightened out, man. I'm curious to see how he makes out with this thing. He needs to put a heater under it. Yeah. <laughs> I know he has a heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I know he has a heated bed on there. But I don't think it's a glass surface because he was putting the tape. He was still doing the tape on it, and I thought that was kind of yeah. something you weren't supposed to do. But I don't know that much about three D printers. Only this one, you know, and the troubleshooting I've had to do on it. Yeah, I mean, people use tape. They the the blue painter things. They'll do the yeah. They'll do that. They'll glue sticks. They'll do the hairspray. Yeah, but, they'll do um. They'll, yeah, the hairspray. That's that's a weird one. <laughs> yeah, but that's how my week's been. I know cool. Steve's dying to uh, tell us about his week. So, Steve, how's how's your week been? I've seen some crazy videos coming from I, from you, dude. I've been watching them and and, and in pain. I, you know, I was feeling cold. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, cue to sad music. 
I, no, I so, no uh, way, dude. You get the hardcore. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to say hardcore music, but <laughs> you get the yeah. Get, you, old man metal's gonna have to come in and play some music. Yeah, there now. you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I mean, first of all, um, I, I saw my orange Goblin Seven Hundred competition. Oh, yeah, my my second Goblin, my first Seven Hundred. Oh, I sold it on Wednesday. Took all night on Thursday breaking it down, so I had, had it ready out. Uh, ready to packed up and ready to go for Friday shipping. So yeah, it was a pretty sad day going out to the U- UPS store and not only packing it up and then having to drop like almost ninety dollars to ship that thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh man, I, I'm just like, oh man, Kevin, why could you just buy the air freight from? <laughs> I would have to like ship it or tear it down or, or any of that part. You know, it's like, uh, okay, all right, whatever. What's done is done. And then I went like. Wait, I'm gonna need a moment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then basically that was Friday, and then I was, you know, I was I was a bit sad, you know, my heart was hurting. So I bought another goblin. (laughs) I bought another goblin. I bought a goblin Black Thunder 700. So this is the updated version of my old helicopter. Oh, well, he's been talking Black Thunder forever. Was yeah. that that's like a rebound buy? Yeah, it's a rebound. It totally is. But you know, an emotional I think it'll purchase. Help. It'll help with the separation anxiety for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I keep on looking at it and just, his dog ran away. Man. He went out and got a puppy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, Black wow, Thunder. Dude. Nice. <laughs> So I started bringing that helicopter down because I want to get that thing built ready for this weekend. I'm making a video of the process just to kind of show, you know, folks on the internet, YouTube, our listeners, basically, you know, when you buy a used heli, what do you do? Do you just put electronics in and start flying it? I don't, I don't like that idea. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, no. Well, let's say this. So, for you, you bought it from someone. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, and and you bought other helis from you know how he builds. You know, this is his first time buying it from some this from this guy. So it's like, I don't know how he builds. I don't know, you know, how he's with Loctite or his, you know, criteria of of making sure that the heli is worthy, right, of of air. So, uh, so I took it all completely all apart. I really like that. I don't know what his mindset is on whether or not that heli is worthy of air or air worthy <laughs> wow really like that maybe he only put it on a shelf and looked at it no sure. i mean he flew four times but oh man when i got to the head and i unbolted the uh the main bolts for the spindle right what connects the two blades together let's just say it didn't need a lot of torque and i didn't see a lot of loctite oh boy yeah <laughs> And the way I run my helicopter screaming, oh, man, I think I would have thrown a, a 700 blade shooting across oh. the field. The way I run from your helicopter screaming. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm glad I did this. I, I want to make sure that, you know, this thing is I'm happy with how it's built and that I have confidence in that. And that's going to hold up. I can nice. just picture next next week's section where it says, how's everyone's week been? Well, uh, yeah, this week I impaled Kevin with a 700 blade. <laughs> oh. It just them. It's okay. It just skimmed him on the arm. It was in the thigh. It's all right. It's the flesh uh, wound. It's the flesh wound. Yeah, yeah. It's not critical. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I got that thing going. So, yeah, I flew. I, I don't know. I mean, 
I, I really wanted to fly, and it was cold as freaking hell. It was freezing. It was just, Dude, I don't it was know. My, like, it was like 20. It was, seven, it was 20 if you were lucky, I it think, was, over it, the weekend. So my car said it was like, when I got to the field, oh, when I sorry, when I got into my car in the morning, it said 24. I was like, okay. When I drove out to the field, it said 13. Oh. <laughs> and then the, the problem with the 13 is, okay, if it's no wind, it's just cold, but it's bearable. Now, add in 24 to 32 mile per hour gusts. That's where the problem was. <laughs> that, that's that's stay in bed weather, man. I, I, uh, I'm calling it sick. I'm not going outside. I'm just going to stay in bed. I screw that. I, I'm, I'm a trooper. I'm going to do it. I had all my batteries charged. I'm like, I got to fly. I, I, I'm committed at this point. I committed myself oh, from the night you, before. You, when I you need to be. You need yeah. to be. You need to be committed. <laughs> so, and Fred, so did I, you see he was not the only guy at the field that day? Yeah. Muse uh. <laughs> was like, so uh, are you going to go fly Sunday? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go fly. He's like, oh, it's supposed to be pretty cold and windy. I was like, fuck that hardcore. I'm doing it. And he, <laughs> yeah, came, so- out. he came out around 12 o'clock. And, uh, you know. Damn. <laughs> it, you know, we we yeah, joke about being – we. We joke about being addicted to the hobby, but you know Steve takes that seriously. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, got to have his fix. I do, wow. I do. I need to get out there. You know, I get one day to fly, and it's like oh, I gotta go, I gotta go. But um, it was great. Uh, it was cold. I flew like a pack, maybe two, and then ran into the car. I was just like, okay, warm up, warm up, warm up, and I go back out. One or two more flights, warm up again. I got like twelve, thirteen flights in that day. So how did the how did the equipment and the batteries handle the cold, man? My bigger helis did not like the cold batteries. The Oxy is just—it's a beast. That thing's a tank. It doesn't care. That's all. Awesome. And I don't have it. I don't have any it's UI not- sensors to like give me warning. So I just beat the crap out of it. I mean, and <laughs> I literally—oh my god! I wish I had the video. Like I have video of it, but the, the camera angle was off. Because basically, I had to camp my phone in a box, just pointing uh-huh. at like you know, with the box lit open and the camera just sitting there. Um, and, yeah, how'd that work? Uh, you know, the wind would push it over, it would fall, <laughs> get snow on it, eh, whatever. I didn't really care about the phone too much as far as that aspect. But it's just this one time, um, it was after that video uh, I posted where, you know, I do like the blade scrape and it kind of digs in and you go, and you see the helicopter turn 45 degrees and I punch it out to the right. After that video, I was like, okay, let me go fly it again. And this was one of the coolest, like, ever moment that I ever had and it sucks because I was by myself and I was recording and no one was there to see it and, and the record <laughs> didn't get it oh. but I was doing my you know blade scrape right I was trying to get another blade scrape and I landed directly on the head and all you hear is you see the big plume of smoke uh, not smoke but the snow yep. and then you hear like the motor just seizing because you know the brushless motors right yeah all three blades folded in one direction like with each other so it's like kind of like almost like a a shuriken or like a ninja star. It was sitting on the head and the oh. helicopter itself was spinning. <laughs> then, oh. it was just spinning there. I was like, oh my God, it was so awesome. Oh, and I didn't get nothing. I was so mad at myself for that. I was like, oh man. Uh, but it was, it was one of the funniest moments. And, and what pissed me off even more is that after that, and I thought I hit record, but my hand was so damn cold, it didn't register my <laughs> fingerprint on the record because I walked up <laughs> oh. to the... I walked up to the heli and I was doing this whole like, oh my god, look at this thing! You didn't see the head; you just saw the canopy upside down sitting there, 
and and then you know just the rest of the heli sticking out of the snow. I pull out the thing. There's about two inches of snow on the ends of the blade sticking down. When once I was upright, because like when you pulled it out, it pulled out snow with it, and it stuck like that. Oh jeez! The blades got so cold that the snow stuck on the blades. So I flipped it upside down, and there was like these like big like round drops of snow on each blade oh. tip. Oh, I was so mad that, that none of that came out on the video. Uh, but it, now, <laughs> but now you got a good video. You did get yeah, some yeah. good footage, man. Uh-huh. You, can, um, you can get one of the selfie sticks and yeah. unscrew the stick, throw it away. Yeah, yeah, and put it on a... And I'll put hat. it on a tripod. Okay. Uh, this, it uses the same size thread in the um, selfie stick mount as it does for the tripod mount. And yeah, you have yeah. an adjustable grip for your uh, phone. So actually, what I'm doing is I uh, have on order is uh, one of those Gorilla arm thingies, yep. like the yep. three arms that you can use as a tripod, or you can wrap it around something. Yes, because that sucked that I couldn't get. I couldn't get. I didn't have that on video. Uh, but um, and then after that, I I did another flight. Screw it. I was like, hey, I didn't strip a main gear. Nothing. Everything. One was more fine. flight. So I was like, okay, let me fly it again. Unfolded the blades, got the snow off, put a new pack in, warmed up, and and that's when like the wind really started kicking up. So that's that other video I posted. Yeah, I saw that one. That's when you went in upright. You know my attitude with the the uh, the heli cabin. I was like, you know, I haven't crashed this in a while. I'm gonna push it. Like I'm gonna. <laughs> so one of the things I was doing is okay. I'm gonna go inverted. I'm gonna do my blade scrape. I'm gonna pop it up, and I want to do skid bumps. So I want to like <laughs> tap the. Tap the skids on the ground. Tap the skid, like flip, flip. Tap the skid on the ground, pop up. Because I was like, yeah, there's snow. Yeah, in that video, you see there was a there's one skid bump. I slammed the heli <laughs> into the ground. It was like I was bad at it. It just said, ah, screw you, douche. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it was. <laughs> oh yeah, that was uh And I was like, at first, I didn't think I broke anything. I was like, oh, landing skids are in one piece. Everything looks fine. Um, it was so damn cold that the landing skids cracked, but they kind of glued themselves back together temporarily to <laughs> warm up in the car. And I was like, what? oh, yeah, there it is. It is broken. <laughs> but I didn't strip any gears or nothing. The helicopter, I could epoxy that landing gear and fly it tomorrow. That's insane, man. Yeah. I, I did chip a blade on the um, on that little inverted landing, though. One of the blades has a nice little chip in it. But Now you're going to... You gonna do the CA trick with that, or I'm not even gonna bother. I'm just gonna fly it. It's oh, on the boy. it's on the blade tip on the leading edge of one of the blades. It's it's so minor. It's like I don't know. It's a little <laughs> little black dot. What could happen? Remember that picture in your head of Kevin running from his helicopter? <laughs> yeah, that's about what I see. <laughs> no, you'll be fine. Oh, but dude, the video you took was like from the planet Hoth, man. It was like yes, yeah, you see the gust of snow, the like, gusts and everything. I was like, yeah. he's out of his mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you sh- you gotta you gotta yeah oh man it's, it's I shared that one video because I didn't see the other one uh, I think yeah. until yesterday but the one where you're inverted yeah and you plunked it in there I had people some of my friends were commenting like that's insane yeah. that's just not right <laughs> uh, so I had fun I had fun on Sunday it was cold I, I caught I cut the day short though it was like whatever twelve flights but I, I left at two thirty which is pretty short for me <laughs> it's not short for me. I got there eleven, my, my so three hours, three and a half hours. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, it was fun. You got to come out, Kevin. Come on, just just 
you know, Kev, man up, Kevin, just go Kevin, do it. Kevin, Kevin, just wait for spring. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> no, it's only a few months so away. It's only a few months away. You got, you got the simulator. You'll be fine. I got one of you guys on one shoulder and one of you guys on the other. Yes, yes come on, come on. No, um, it's fun in the snow. I mean, I just wish it wasn't so windy. Like I said, if the wind was calm, it would have been, it would have been fine. It would just been a cold day, but the wind just made it a, a bit, a bit of a rough experience. But it was fun nonetheless. So nice. I think that's it for my week. I'm trying to think. Do I have anything else? Ooh. No, no, I think that's it. Okay, so I'm let's glad, go on to I'm, our. Uh-huh. I'm glad you got that out. I know you were holding it, and you know, <laughs> Kevin and I were being mean and making you wait. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's okay. I can be patient. Patience is a virtue, right? <laughs> All right, let's go to the main topic here: workshop space. My workshop is still a mess, or not built yet. So I need some ideas, man. So makerspace ideas for a shop. Yeah, and and so what that is is, um, you know, I've got this this shed that I'm using as my workshop. So it's it's pretty good size. I've got it split in half. Half of it's like my wood shop area. The other half's my RC stuff. Wait, 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 wait. Those pictures I've seen, that's a shed? I was just going to yeah. say the same thing. <laughs> my <laughs> defin- <laughs> definition of a, of a big shed is 8 by 12. That thing looks like 22 by 22, dude. That's, that's bigger than my one and a half car garage. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's it's about a one and a half car garage, almost two car garage. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I've got plenty of room and and i'm lucky because the wife doesn't put anything in here um so it's all mine and uh so i i I finally made a local friend that flies rc and and so he's got a son that that they're both flying and uh he's come over a couple times to work on stuff or have me look at it for him Mm -hmm. and so i got thinking about it i said you know i've got plenty of space here i want to try to convert this over into like a worker um makerspace type area you know, because I've got the room, so I'm gonna I'm gonna add some extra you know works mm-hmm. table type areas and stuff like that. Not everybody has that, and and so you know I, I've been working on a couple of different things as far as you know big space, small space stuff. Yeah. Uh, so so what kind of space are you working at, Steve? So basically, what I want to do is, I mean, my garage. I'm not gonna park any cars there, but I'll have like you know lawnmower, snowblower, like that type of stuff in there too. But um, basically, my idea is to have like the back half of it. Basically, aligned with a de- like a table, right? Okay. Like, so there'll be a workbench along the back corner or back edge, and then I want to have something in the middle where I can walk around. Like you know, if I have a big helicopter on the table or a big plane I'm cutting out, yeah. I can walk around it and have full 360 access in every uh, angle. So, and I, I want to build all of that. Like I want to build my own tables. I want to, you know, kind of get it all set up. And the ideas that I see, like. You have some really cool ideas as far as like tool storage, which is awesome because I have all these tools and now they're just sitting all over the place. Yeah. You know? And it sucks because I'm like, okay, oh, I, I need the impact drill. Where the hell is that? Oh, no, that's upstairs for some reason or that's down here. You know? It's, it's just it's very disorganized, unorganized. Well, so what I want to do is I saw your idea. Like you had – um, what were those? PVC pipes? Well, you had, you had the, like the wooden, I don't know, shelving or whatever – where you had like all your your power tools in there, right? Yeah. Well, I made a um. Yeah, that's out of some uh, Luon plywood, okay. uh, and it's got my air compressor, my you know electric mm-hmm. tools, things like that. And I'll tell you the big thing with me: you, you've got a concrete floor in that building, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Everything's on wheels, and I can't take credit for this. I love um. I love Adam Savage. 
Uh-huh. And I listen to the podcast that he does, and uh, you know he, he he does a lot of ideas. And um, he was doing a – I'm drawing a blank on the name, but the guy that does the 3D, um, the, the masks and stuff like that, uh, he was visiting his shop. And so the guy – Stan Winston? No, no, no. Um, one of the guys they have is a guest host on the show. Oh, okay. And, and so he does this thing where he's got these shelves on his walls, and they're fixed to the walls. But none of them are um, – they don't go all the way to the floor. There's enough space that all of his tables are on wheels. Right. And so he can slide the tables up underneath the shelves. And so he can clear the entire center of the room out in a mm-hmm. hurry. But if he wants to have, uh, you know, if he needs a large amount of, of space on the, you know, for, for elevated space, he can wheel the tables out, put them all together, or spread them out, whatever he needs to do. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to use that as my uh, my base. I'm, I'm putting my shelves up high, and uh-huh. I've got several uh, rolling uh, work tables. And the big center one, I don't know if you've seen the picture of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's this gorgeous uh, bit of um, old hardwood, all filled with nails. It was an old mm-hmm. door. In fact, the hinge marks are still in it, and that's my center table, like you were talking about—the big one that you can walk right. around. Yes. Uh, and again, so you know, everything's on wheels. If I need a lot of space in the middle of the floors, I'm working on something that I need to spread out. I can move everything off to one side. Um, all my tool stuff is on wheels right now. So you know, if I don't like the way my my room's laid out, I just rearrange it. Right. And, and so that's right. been very helpful. And the big thing with a tool storage is I have a dedicated home for everything. So if it's not right. there, there's a hole. Right. And, exactly. Mm-hmm. And you've been through it. We've all been through it. You know, you, you, you've been working outside or you're working somewhere and you got the tools and you throw them on the table. Because, you know, otherwise you have to open a drawer or try to remember where it goes and put it. If you have a very dedicated place for it, you, you tend to put it in the dedicated place instead of just spreading it out on the workspace. Right. Uh, so yeah. I found that to be key is, is have a, a very, you know, designated area for each tool. One of the other things I've been cheating with lately is at Harbor Freight, you can buy these magnet strips. Okay. And, uh, they, they work great. You can mount them to walls. You can mount them to workbenches. Uh-huh. Uh, so, if, you know, you can just stick your tools to them. And the other thing I've been using them for is inside my drawers. If you have a lot of like screwdrivers, they roll around Yeah. the drill bits, the oh, okay. driver bits. Yeah. I lay them. I lay them inside the drawer, and then stick the stuff to that, and they don't roll around in the drawer anymore. Nice, nice. So, awesome. I'm looking at one of your pictures now, um, and you have your red tool case on like a thing you've built uh, yeah, to roll I've, around. I've, I've redone that about ten times. So I did something similar a while ago because my space is extremely limited. I have one car garage that has a stairway and washer dryer in it, and it's it's tight. So any little space I have. No matter how you know triangular shaped or ob- yep. odd, oddly shaped it is, I try and fit something in it. So uh-huh. I built a little thing for my tool. I just have a regular, you know, your your single like toolbox type thing with a couple of drawers on it. And uh, yeah, I built something like that so I could roll it right underneath the stairs. I got a perfect spot for it, and it works really well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Fred, I immediately thought of Adam Savage when I saw your. Your picture that you posted with the crates up top there and all that, I was like, "Oh yeah!" And this is looking more and more like his shop. Well, and, and I do take yeah. a lot of inspiration from him because uh, I mean the guy does a lot of work and he's got a good workflow. So, yep, you know. But uh, and 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 I never thought I'd say this, but I've been found finding Pinterest very helpful. Really? Uh, oh yeah, they're uh, apparently I'm not the only guy that uses it, and uh, they've got you know they've. They have a lot of pins on, you know, different stuff. You know, I mean, even to like Adam Savage type things. Um, so I've been putting together a Pinterest page that has a, uh, you know, different workshop 
ideas and things like that. Oh, you gotta uh, link that to me. I gotta check oh, that. Oh, we'll do. Yeah. And uh, so uh, one of the one of the episodes that they do with the uh, the tested podcast or show uh, YouTube uh-huh. show they they've got the um, the tool little little parts and bits boxes. Adam made a, a storage unit for that, and that's that's coming up next because I've got um, I went to Walmart and I got these two dollar tubs. They've got a locking lid. Mm-hmm. And I uh, went and bought one of the label makers, and I, I've got them all labeled, or most of them labeled. And so one box is nothing but cable ties. You know, another box is just Velcro. Another one's just tape. Uh, Wait, so how again, big are the boxes? Uh, that may be a, a six to eight inches wide, about the same tall, and then or and then about a foot deep. Okay. Hmm. I, I've got one just for glues, and so that's the nice thing with it is again, you know, I'm not having to look for the stuff. I just pull that box down, open it up, that's take the stuff out. You know, when I'm done with it, put it back and it's done. You know, servos, ESCs, and I've been in the hobby for a long time. I've I bought a lot of stuff, and it's you know, when I pull it out of an old plane, I throw it in the box, and then if I need to, you know, use a used one, you know, I've got it. Right. Nice. And I think it's key because, like, right now, because I moved, everything half of it's in a garage, half of it's in the spare bedroom that I have, and. You know, the other day I'm like, oh, I need to find um, my battery shrink wraps, right? These big, yep. you know, shrink wraps that I use to uh, seal batteries. And also I need a small one for, like, my UI sensor, one of my little sensors for the for one of my helis. And I'm like, I don't know where this is. <laughs> like, I look I look all in the, the inside room because I don't want to – it's co- too cold outside. Like, I don't mind freezing my ass off to fly, but to, like, look for something small in the garage, I'm just like, eh, yeah. So what did I end up doing? I ended up ordering more. <laughs> like, I'll just <laughs> order some more, you know. And the UI sensor, I was like, okay, I got electrical tape. I'll just wrap electrical tape for now to find it. But, that, you know, it sucks because you end up kind of either spending more money on replacing things or, you know, you can't find it. And you have to, like, figure out a different solution. And, and it's not the prettiest. It's not the most secure way of doing something because well, you know you have in your head, like, I need this. I can do it with this. but And it's time wasted. It's time yeah, wasted, I mean, yeah. Time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that's time that you could have you know got onto the next project if you had that finished, right? So yeah, so I mean, so one one of the things that um I really want to do is I want to do the same idea of of how you have your setup right as far as having the shelves high enough that you can roll tables um, underneath it. I want to have all the tables the same height. So if I want to like reconfigure yep. something like okay, hey, I went and got a you know a hundred inch wingspan plane. Balsa kit, and I need now this much space to lay out the wing and start building it. I can just put two tables together or whatever, you know. Yes, yeah. And, and, and if if you build it that way, um, you can put latches on them, and that way when right. you put them when you put them together, you just you know take your latches and close them, and it locks the tables together. Oh, yes. That's a good idea. And I know you linked me to um, it was like a like a Facebook page or something where they built these tables and they had this really ingenious way of having the table sit on the ground. Yeah. And well, that was another Adam Savage. Me. That was another one where he, uh, he went and what they did. Yeah. They have the, um, they have a board on the bottom of the, the, the bench that goes across the, the narrow side and it's got casters on it and it's hinged on one side so it can go up and down, you know, uh, easily. But there's, um, another set of boards that when you lift the table up, as the uh, board that has the casters drops, yeah. the supporting boards drop down in place and locks it down so that now you have wheels. Right. And 
if you lift the table back up and pull on a on a rope, it lifts the little supporting blocks out of the way. The uh, the, the table, wheels yeah. fold and yep, it drops down and it supports itself and it's not going to move. Interesting. I was tempted to do that, but for the amount of money in it, uh, I can mm-hmm. buy the the locking casters for for less. The, the problem I see with the locking casters is that they don't the the table doesn't actually lock in place because they could pivot right if you have a three sixty degree. Yeah, yeah, you could. Right? Yeah, so, yeah so that's kinda, true. That's true. But yeah, when I saw that when you linked me that video, I was like, oh my god, I gotta do that. I, it doesn't seem that hard to do as far as. Um, with the hinge system, basically you have the main hinge on, I guess, each side yep, with each the casters. End. And then you have basically two boards that are in hinges that just lock in place once uh, that hinge with the casters go down all the way. And that's, like, that's ingenious. That's so easy. I could do this. Yes. So, it, it, it's, I love the design. It's real nice. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one of my plans. I do like your idea of uh, what, what are those milk crates, I think, that you Oh, you know, yeah. Bolted? Yeah. My wife picked those up years ago, somewhere probably where she wasn't supposed to, uh, <laughs> and they've been kicking around the house for for years. I mean, as long as I've known her, she's these things have been kicking around, mm-hmm. and so um, I finally decided, you know, I I need some shelf space up on the wall, and you know, these things are in the way. Let's use them. Uh, yeah. I just I just ran a couple of furring strips across the wall, mm-hmm. and then um, I cut some boards that would fit up in the inside of it at the top. And uh, drill through and put screws through, and so that locks the uh, the milk crate up against the wall. And I've got you know similar size storage all the way across. Yeah, and it looks nice and clean, and that's one of the things I like. Yeah. Another thing that I want to do is I, I have a lot of helicopter parts. Like I have a lot of used stuff, which I do use the same method as you. I have bins, so I basically have um, I think they're like eight by twelve by. Um, eight inches high bins. They don't lock, which I'm going to end up replacing with locking bins. But I, you know, one one brand heli like Goblin 380 or my Oxy, all those parts are in a bin. But for my helicopters, parts that I have brand new, I want to put those on a pegboard. And that's okay. one of the things that I want to do is like I want to have one section of the the wall space to have. A pretty decent pegboard where I can have all the parts laid out like a hobby shop. Oh, so, so the, are the parts in bags still new? Yeah, they're still in bags with the the cardboard tags that I can hang them. From. Now, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about something else that I found online that I like. Um, sure. Pegboard's okay, but mm-hmm. these guys there's a what they call a French cleat system. Have you ever seen that? No. Uh, French cleat uses um, basically it's it's a it's a board that runs the length of the wall. And it's got an angle cut into it so that it tapers back towards the wall. So the, the highest point is away from the wall. And there's an opposite cut board on the back of whatever your 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 hanging device is. Yes. Um, you can use it for a cabinet. You can use it for a shelf. You can use it for an individual you know tool holder. Uh-huh. Um, and and it's, it's infinitely rearrangeable. You can slide it that you know left and right. You're not you know dedicated left and right on by peg holes. Yeah, um, I'm actually looking at some pictures now on. Oh that. yeah. Yeah, and so you could—I mean—you could use it to hang a whole cabinet up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I did. I—I I put some um, a box shelf uh, up on the wall with a French cleat method, and so uh, yeah, there's lots of uh, you can arrange it, and then you could put the um, the the pegs in it, you know, just like you would on a pegboard, uh, and and hang your new parts off from a off from a rod. I think I'm gonna do that. That idea looks great. And it looks nice. I mean, it looks nice from a distance. You know, if you do it in nice wood, clean it up. 
Yeah, and, and, and it's great because it's now... The pegboards are cool, but, you know, it's very symmetrical, right, as far as, like, the holes and where you can put the hooks. But, you know, some not all parts are the same width or same height, so this is this is actually pretty nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm not thrilled with the, the name, though. French cleat. I just don't like it. Sorry. It's all right. They use mayonnaise with it. Oh, okay. Mm, mayonnaise. <laughs> so how do you handle all your smaller tools? Like stuff um i guess i mean i know you said you put them in drawers and stuff right to a degree uh again i i've i've uh been watching adam savage enough that he's got a what he calls the f drawers movement and he's trying to you know get all the stuff out of the drawers and so um Mm -hmm. i i've got a combination like i said i've got the magnet strips on on the wall uh where i can throw some of my more used tools Mm -hmm. but some of the stuff does end up you know in my rolling cabinet system i just wanted to say something about you saying you had helicopter parts and and bins and stuff like that. I did the exact same thing. Uh, I just went to Home Depot though and got the HDX line. It's their. It might, I don't even know what it. Home Depot X. I don't know what it stands for. <laughs> yeah, like, probably Home Depot Extreme. It might as well stand for the <laughs> cheapest way we can manufacture this because uh-huh. it's real cheap and it's cheaply made and it's cheap to buy. But I have like two different sizes of locking containers. I brought them up to the thing in rot in rochester i had my oxy yeah. spares in there and mm-hmm. i guess i lucked out when i built my little table because i can fit a ton of those and stack them in even the larger ones and they all they all close you know and lock and all that yeah so you might want to check that out and all i do is i'll go to home depot and i'll buy like maybe five at a time and then bring them home and is that the black and yellow ones no they're little tiny they're like clear ones and one is about the size of um you know of a legal pad you know Okay, or, yeah, or the small, pad, the small you know. organizers for, like, screws and, and, and nuts and small well, this, things. This is just a container. It's, like, an open container. It's, like, 8 by 12, and then there's one huh. that's – and it's and it's only, like, two inches high, and it's got two little blue clips on it, and then there's another one that's about uh, roughly 8 by 8 by 12. I can get a lot of stuff in both of those. Mm-hmm. I know you with the larger helis, you probably have some larger parts you can't fit in that stuff. Yeah, I got like tail booms that are like three feet long. <laughs> like, that's not fitting in a bin. But then everybody's uh, got blue tape, so you just take a piece of blue tape, stick it on there, and write what, what's in it. Like I have one that yeah. says Logo 690, I have one that says Goblin, one that says Oxy, yep. you know, RC tank parts. When, yeah, I rip, I, when I ripped stuff out of that Sequoia and, and uh-huh. all of the extra servos I have, they all go in a bin like that. Right. And see, like I have bins. The, the, the problem is, is that once they go in that bin, I don't know what's really in that bin. Uh, and that's why I wanted to get some type of um, easy way, especially on the helis that or the parts that I often replenish the orders of. Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, you know, I look on the wall and be like, okay, I got main gears, I got tail booms, I got blades. You know, I, I want to be able to easily tell and not, okay, let me dig in the box and take inventory because that to me takes too much time. And, and with my bin system, one of the reasons why I went with it is I had all different sizes and different shapes, so none of them would stack well. Um, these all right. stack. They have an interlocking system, and they're clear, so I can see in them. Yes. So, so it's definitely key to have clear bins. And I you know, I have clear bins, but they're like from Ikea, so the tops don't lock. It just rests on it, which is fine yeah. if, it's, if it's just sitting on a shelf. It is a little issue if I start like, okay, I'm bringing my parts to the field because, you know, the top gets all pushed around and, and all that stuff but um yeah i mean just it's just really for like the oxy parts because i buy them and i buy them like in 
two or three of each. And yeah, basically, yeah. you know, because I know I'm going to crash them and I know <laughs> I, I, it has to come, you know, it's coming from um, Asia. So it's like, I, even though it's pretty quick, like three or four days, I still, you know, I got to pay for shipping. If I'm going to pay for shipping, I'm going to order, uh, because it's flat rate shipping. I, 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 I'm just um, picturing, I'm just picturing the giant metal Connex shipping container showing up at your house. And you just right? unload it. Just, just get it by the pallets, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy but so it's like you know i want to make sure i can see like like right now if i said oh do i have a white landing gear i don't know i'd have to go dig through a box and granted it might take me two seconds to dig through it but you know if i had a wall with all of them up on the wall I'd be like oh there we go and that's one thing i like about the french cleat idea is like one section of the wall will just have one just a, just a single row and i'll have all my oxy parts and then, you know, if, if I really, I'm not going to, I don't stock up on any other helis, but like, like my blades, for example, I do have three sets of 700 size blades. They're 600, 700, 715 millimeter, and they're in the package, so I can hook that onto something, but, you know, and, and, and I want to get those like lined up. So if I'm like, oh, let me try to, I don't know, the VTX 697 blades that I got. I can take them off the wall, put the other blades back up there, and I know that like it's easy for me to be organized. You know, I want to just make it as easy as possible, so I continue to do it. Because if it's not easy, I'm gonna just like ah, eh, whatever. This is over here. That's over there. I'll remember. It'll be okay. See, my whole procedure is if I crash something on Saturday or Sunday, I usually go home that night and take it apart, see what I need, and then look through my bin. If I have everything, I'm good to go. If not, then I place my order, mm-hmm. like, especially when it's the oxy, you know, stuff. You know, in a crash, most likely what you're going to need. You know, there's like yeah. five main things, but uh, you know, other than that. So on something like that, I, I you know, again, I'm, one of the things I'm I'm constantly working on in here is workflow. So I want to make sure that the stuff I'm using a lot is in the is right close to where my workspace is going to be. Yes. Um, and then the stuff that I don't touch as often go up on a high shelf or up in the loft or or off in the corner, you know, one of the, the older, you know, the, the more cluttered section. So you kind of want to decide, like you, you, you know you're going to be working on the oxys the most. So, you know, that's what you have is the, the stuff right there over the workbench. Yeah, and, and I want to have sections to the to the um, workspace because if, you know, and I want to have a chair that has wheels, right? I want to be able to roll around in there. But um, I want to have it so that if I'm, okay, this is my designated heli, heli area. I want to be able to, like, okay, I got all my hex tools for my helis. I have all all the stuff that I normally use constantly with building, maintenance, repairing, you know, like dry fluid and, and like grease and all the lubes and all that stuff. I want to make sure that's all there, easily reachable. I don't have to, like, I don't want to go and be like, oh, where did I put my blue Loctite or my red Loctite or my green Loctite? Like, you know, I, yeah. I want that stuff to be all there. And then I want to be able to turn to the right or left, whichever way, and be like, okay, this is where my Piper 3 Cub build is i'm finally gonna build this thing because i can leave it here work on it every so often and i don't have to move it so that way i can work on a helicopter you know or work on a, a, a ft plane right i want to be able to do a balsa kit i want to be able to cut out a foam uh airplane you know and then i want to have a section for my 3d printer you know i have that laser cutter i want to i want to have sections for all this so i can roll around and I, you know i have whatever adht whatever you know so like but what's good about that is I get to, it helps me multitask. I could do a little bit of this, 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 and kind of like, okay, I feel like I accomplished a lot of little goals here of 
progressing on this thing or that thing. And, um, and really, I want to be able to work in those sections and not have to be like, where did I put that thing? Oh, wait, it's, you know, like, so, and I have well, a lot of doubles of tools, so that's why I don't mind, like, if I have, like, one of those magnetic strips with all my hex, Phillips heads, flat heads, and then I go work over at the flight, say, like, my foam boarding area, I have, okay, I still have a flat head and things for hinges. Yeah, and, and that's key. Stuff. If, if you're not having to go back and forth across the room to get the same tool, you know, if it's just a couple of bucks for that, you know, for that tool, yeah. you know, what's, your, what's your time worth? So, yeah. um, and, and that kind of rolls into my, my makerspace part of my uh, plan for this room mm-hmm. is, um, you know, I want to have multiples of each tool. Uh, tool. I want to have multiple glue guns. I want to have multiple whatever. So if somebody shows up and doesn't have it, right. you know, it's, it's there available to them. But the other thing, too, in here, like I said, I've got this partly as a, as a wood shop, too. Uh, yes. But it works. It works for the hobby stuff. Um, the so, tools that you, the tools that you use the most, don't put them anywhere that you have to move them to get to them. I found out. You know, I, I had made this nice rack, and I had uh, you know my my chop saw and my drill yeah. press, and and it's, they slid into little sliding shelf areas, mm-hmm. and I could pull it out and fit it onto a table that had a recessed area that fit the the dedicated because I had like a two by two piece of plywood on the bottom of each tool, so they fit the same table. You know, in the in the uh, recess spot. Oh, but okay. I found I wouldn't use the tools if I had to take them out of the shelf to put them on the table. So I I did away with the shelf system and I made a um, a rolling table that all the tools are on. That that's that's kind of a key thing is you know make sure the tools are accessible because if you have to work to get them, you might not use them and you might break something trying to use something else that's not the right tool. Absolutely, because sure. I have I have something else that I use constantly, and that's either the hot glue gun or the soldering iron and right now mm-hmm. they're they're on the shelf like my my little space in the garage where i mainly work i have two custom built pieces of i don't know plywood boxes that i built um they're like 36 inches deep they're 15 inches wide and they're like 32 inches high and they're open in the front so they're kind of oddly shaped but it works really good for me because i'm just making the most out of the space i have which is really right. limited so I have I have a shelf in one of those, and on the left hand side, I, I always have my soldering iron and my hot glue gun right there on the edge of the shelf. So I've constantly I've knocked that soldering iron off uh, <laughs> you know, multiple times. So what I'm thinking about doing is building like a small little cart or R two D two thing that I can have you know my hot glue gun and my my soldering iron in. All connected to a power strip, so when I need them, I can just roll it over, plug it in, and I'm I'm ready to roll. You know. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that. that is my next project. My wife, and yes, I, I just bragged on her for buying me the TV. She bought me another somewhat expensive item. She bought me a, a soldering rework station that's got the soldering iron nice. and body air gun. Yeah, nice. And nice. and so that is going to be the next project. I'm just going to make a little two by two surface cart with a shelf, so that the mm-hmm. soldering station go on the shelf. I have my my workspace clear. And I bought a um, two foot long, one by two by uh, one foot tall, two foot long piece of uh, ceramic tile, flooring tile. Okay. okay. And that's what I solder on. Um, ah, yeah, that's a good it, idea to make a solder sta- a, a rolling solder station that has like some type of surface, like yep. ceramic, which can take the heat, and you don't have to worry about like yeah. if put soldering iron down on the table and burning the wood up or anything. Yeah. I can cut on it. I can, you know, do all yeah. that stuff. It's it's not conductive, so it's you mm-hmm. know, yep. and they're cheap. They're like two bucks for the for the for the tile, and it looks like right. slate. It's a nice, you know, so it's got a nice look to it. 
Nice. Um, and so, yeah, I've got that. And uh, that's the next project is building a dedicated rolling. And I bet it would be easy to clean the solder up when they, like, if it drips on the thing. Oh, yeah. It, it just scrape right off. It doesn't yep. even stick. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's a good idea. Because that's one of the things I was thinking about. It's like, if I do build this whole, like, segmented workstations, what do I do with the common tools that I know I use? You know, like, especially the solder iron. I use that for every aspect of the hobby. Even if I'm building balsa, I'm going to go electric. I'm going to have to solder. So um, that's a neat idea. I'm going to probably invest in a better soldering iron and build that into a table. Well, and I, I like Kevin's idea because that, I mean, that works great yeah. with my, my Hawk Lou. Um, the Hawk Lou doesn't stick to that tile either. So it'd be, you know, oh. you know now that he said that, I'm going to put my Hawk Lou gun on the same on the same station. Well, what I used to do with my Hawk Lou gun before I built this next generation of bench that I have is I had a little cup holder that... I intended to put cups in, but I didn't, and I screwed it to the sore horses. I had it underneath the bench, so when I was using the hot glue gun, and I, you know, I'm hot gluing and folding and got to hold it, I could just like holster that thing underneath the bench, so it was added away, and that worked out great for me. That's for cool. The longest I always time. knock over my like hot glue gun when it's on like the table as I move things around. Yeah, so if I build something that can roll around that's not huge, you know, like maybe like uh-huh. Fred saying, well, one by one or whatever, you well, know, I think that'll work out great for me. I can just roll it out of the way. I would double it. I'd go two by two. Um, I mean, that seems to be the minimum workspace I, I need to, you know, yep. so I have room I mean, to spread stuff out. And- well, I'm not, I don't intend to work on it just to hold those things and keep them off to the oh, side, okay. you know, and just, I can roll yeah. it out of the way when I'm done with it. Yeah, because I mean, Kev, I know, I know your space that you have, Kevin, and it is pretty tight yeah so yeah, i'm basically working in half of a one car garage right now now i would even say that. i would say like i mean your table's nice they have good depth to it and width but i mean like actual like walking space is probably like a third of a garage so yeah dude and yeah. i and to think i built my other table was like maybe it was well, smaller right maybe it was 24 by 30 like yeah. maybe the size of your stove, and I built that two hundred percent Mustang on top of that. Thing. Wow. <laughs> wow, yeah, that was crazy. I still remember. I was like, "Wait, is that a motorcycle sitting there?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My old totally Harley's stuck. off to the side. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Well, 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 in that direction, um, you know, not everyone's got the the space that I've got, or or even Steve uh-huh. or you. So, what what tips do you guys have for people with small workspace areas? I mean, Kevin, you go. That's that's your realm. <laughs> I would say think outside the box, like, um, because I, like I said, I had sawhorses and a and a table, and I custom built those plywood boxes that have really, you know, changed my storage area. I mean, storage is key. It's almost like in a small space, you have to you have to work vertically, sure, a lot of times. So, you know, Chris Ribert has a great thing for hanging helicopters. Uh, uh, he he took an old piece of like you know sh- rack shelving you know the metal shelving cut that down mm-hmm. and he mounts that like like turns it 90 degrees and mounts it straight up with the edge piece the front edge piece sticking straight out at you and he, and he just you put the helicopters on their landing gear you know right up against the wall that that was yep. that was big Wait, so do you have that set up too yeah yeah that's nice. over my over my workbench or my main work area mm-hmm. what else i i did early on was i took I mean, it's it sounds stupid, but it's it's so so simple. Every everything we cut out as far as flight test planes go are less than a sheet of Dollar Tree foam board. 
yep, size wise. Right. So I took mm-hmm. two pieces of Dollar Tree foam board and made like a book out of them, and I just stick all the I stick all of the the uh, plans in there that I have because I reuse my plans a lot. I know guys, some yeah, guys yeah. don't, and yeah. that is over my freezer, kind of up against the wall. I took two sheetrock screws, put it in the like horizontally in the bottom, kind of as a little uh-huh. shelf for that, and then I have like a a little string that goes across the the whole front of it to hold it to the wall so it stays up out of the way of the freezer. But I also hang a lot of stuff from the ceiling, um, and my ceiling's only seven foot, so it's like, you know, you just got to really think outside the box, like take advantage of every every space, every inch of space that you have. Like I said, that I have my stairs. I have, like, picture your stairs going down and underneath your stairs is more or less a 90-degree triangle. I also have a square in that triangle uh, that's part of the foundation, so at one point I built in underneath the stairs a triangular piece that slides out. It's almost like a triangular shaped drawer that comes straight out, and I have all my caulk guns and and all my just mm-hmm. all my stuff that does like sanding and caulking and painting. All that stuff is in there, and I I can just push that out of the way. Um, that's what I mean. You know, you have to think outside the box. Like I have this strange space. What can I do with it? Right. Utilize well, every inch of it. And- and- yeah, and you said something that's key. You've got the similar type tools on the same spot. Yeah. So things that you're using for, you know, in in your case, home repair type stuff, your your glues, caulks, whatever, that's in the same spot. You're not looking all over the place for it. Like I have one, I have one tool case that has uh, electrical stuff in it, marked electrical. I yep. have one tool case that has plumbing stuff right. in it. All my yep. little pieces of plumbing pipe and my, you know, your burners and stuff like that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just something you learn as a homeowner, but it definitely translates into the hobby. So something like that, I think, would translate um, if you get those toolboxes that has the uh, sliding drawers that you can pick up and slide down underneath stuff. Um, if you're on limited space, that that might be an option. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, or or something you could stack if it's stackable type toolboxes. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, we've all been there. Um, what kind of advice do you have for the people that are doing the the, the wrenching on the kitchen table? So I mean, that's kind of my setup now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, 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 I was thinking. I have a dedicated, like, you know, Ikea table that I bought. It's, like, it's just, like, basically a drafting table. But it basically just sits in a room, and and it's hard because, like, everything ends up being on the floor. One of the things I do like is Ikea is so – it's, like, 24 bucks. It's, like, um, it's on wheels. It's, like, a three-tier little – I don't know. They I think in, for Ikea, they use it to, like, put stacks on it or something and roll it around. But it worked perfectly for a lot of my stuff because I could hang stuff off of it because it's okay. all metal and it's like a metal grate on each shelf. And that's good because you can kind of roll all your stuff in, do the work on your kitchen table. Wife starts to complain. You kind of pack it all up back in there and roll it away. So that that's a, that's a cool little option you can do. You can pack uh, the wife in there and roll her away? <laughs> all the stuff? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it depends which way you want to go with that. I think uh, one of the major things that helped me out, and I was never working on the kitchen table, but one thing that kept my work area clean was uh, never hot gluing anything directly on the work area. Like David, when it, when David was doing the Spitfire video years ago, he took just your, your tape, your regular packing tape, you put a couple of strips of that down, and then you, you can use that as a surface to hot glue on. Um, mm-hmm. The hot glue really doesn't stick to that unless you get real crazy. I mean, I've gotten real crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then you can peel that up, and you you have a little bit of residue. What I do uh, to clean the table off, even if I do get little bits of hot glue on it, is, and I don't recommend doing this, but 
I was doing this. I was taking a straight razor, you know, and yeah. uh, just a, a razor blade and using it as a scraper and just, yeah, and just making the surface more or less, you know, bump free again. Yeah. But if you're going to work on your kitchen table or something like that, I would get a large cutting mat, like something pretty yes. large, and maybe use some cardboard uh, for hot glue and keep everything off of that surface itself. Yes. On, definitely, on. definitely lay something down if you're doing it on a kitchen table. Don't do it on – even if you're building a heli, like it's – Yeah. If you drop uh, you know, a bit of Loctite or something or – Oil or grease, you don't want that on the table you eat food on. So no, definitely no, lay something down. That's a good way to get yelled at. Yeah. The biggest like tip I can give somebody when they're working on like a helicopter or something where you have nuts and bolts and screws is put a towel down. Put like a light yes. color towel down. Yes. It it sounds so stupid, like, oh I can just work you know, but when it's a wooden table, like I've worked on wooden table, when those little parts hit wooden table, they bounce like a basketball <laughs> and they're gone, dude. Yeah. And then they make the one last thing on the floor and you're like, where did it go? Yeah. Well, uh-huh. I'll, I'll say um, at Home Depot or Lowe's or any of those places, they sell um, MDF. It's a, it's that compressed board. Yeah. And uh, the quarter inch thickness is perfect. You can get it in a two foot by four foot length and you can yeah. cut it down to whatever size works best for you. And they'll and, cut it right there for you too. Yeah, and and um, you can buy the little felt pads. Okay. And and glue them on the bottom, and then you can set that whole thing on the on the kitchen table. Nice. And, and uh, we're what talking I, what like maybe eight bucks. Eight bucks. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And uh, you know a little bit more with the accessories, and then I would put huh? some sort of edging around it so the screws don't roll off as easy. Okay. Um, but then you can you can glue, you can cut. You know, if you're cutting foam board. And you go through it, and you take the you know put a nice line across the din- you know the dining room table. You're sleeping yeah. outside. I don't care what temperature it is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're done. Yeah, yeah you're done. Uh-huh. So for the eight bucks and and that stuff and that and that's what I was going to say. If you're making your workbenches, I surface all my workbenches in that, and I do a coat of um, the water-based polyurethane on it. Okay. And then that's my sacrificial top. So if anything happens to it, I can take that off another eight bucks and put another one down, screw it in the same place. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, if I burn through it, cut through it, whatever, I can replace it. And it's cheap. Um, nice. But it's, it stays flat unless you get it wet. Um, and that's what the the pure polyurethane is good for. But if it does start to warp or have any, you know, imperfections, mm-hmm. you take it off and put another one on. Yeah, and that's one of the things. I, let's talk about um, workbench tops. Because that's one of the things that I have concern about. And I was looking at the MDF stuff. I was looking at just, you know, half inch or three quarter inch plywood. I was looking for flat completely flat um solid doors like uh, you know what what do you guys recommend well fred went old school is it, that's definitely not a hollow core door you got right fred that's a solid core door this is yes this is uh yeah. this is a <laughs> tongue and groove board you know solid core door for sure yes yeah it's heavy that's what yeah. we used to tell people to use when they're building the bench when i worked yeah. at the yeah. lumberyard guys were coming in and they would just buy a so, you know a solid core door which means so like, it's it's solid and it's freaking heavy so how much would a solid core door like? Let's do price comparison of like the size and what the alternatives would be. So well, it depends. If you're going to do like the cart that Fred has, where it's mm-hmm. it's the floating like island, yes, that's one. Well, thing. yeah, you want that heavy. If yeah. if if you're going to do something like in my garage up against the back wall years ago, I did just a kitchen counter, uh, eight foot piece of kitchen countertop that I built a two by four frame for, right, and that's held up and worked out great. I'm glad I did that. And that was only like forty bucks or sixty bucks back then for you know it's, uh, it's the pre laminated like kitchen countertop yeah with yeah. no formica type stuff yeah formica right, yeah right. The, yeah so what 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 a solid door 
cost? What, what's the price range on that normally? Because I feel like I don't even see them at, at Home I Depot. I don't know if you can. Yeah, I don't know if you can even get them at Home Depot. Yeah, because I don't think I don't think they have them. That's on a on a smooth face anymore. It's all the right. decorative panels. Um, you can do the hollow core doors. They've done that. Um, it's lightweight and uh, you know it holds up pretty well as you're not as long as you're not hammering on it. Does um, it work? Because that's my concern, I, and that's my issue with plywood. I look at every sheet of plywood, and half of them are like twisted up and worked. Well, you could do the MDF route. That's a little bit fragile, but I built my kitchen actually my kitchen countertop years ago, which I'm dying to rip out one of these days. But uh, that was made out of two pieces of three quarter inch. I think the first layer of three quarter inch plywood was some of the cheaper stuff, and then on the mm-hmm. top I did uh, MDF to where I I. You know, I, I stuck my own laminate down on that. Okay. But if you want to, you know, if you want to get to a a uh, size that's comparable with like a door size, then yeah, you could do two pieces of that. These solid door um, doors. The no. Oh yeah, the holocore. Do they work? They they will if you get them wet for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which you might want to treat either one, but uh, we actually looked up online real quick. Fred, hmm? the uh, the solid core doors are uh, it's like sixty nine dollars. Oh, that's not bad. No. Yeah. So if you get a couple of those, I mean, you could have a couple of really nice workbenches. Or, or you know, scavenge around, try to find some of the old Formica top ones that someone's you know refurbished a house and they've got the whole thing; it's still in fine condition. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Or get it as a seconds where they were you know it was left over from a build and it's not long enough for uh, something they're wanting to do, you know, yeah. on another job. Yep. Yeah, that'll work perfect. So I might give that a try, at least maybe for the the, the middle island table. Um, and then something that's going to be on the wall. Maybe I'll just do the MDF with like one by threes um, uh, framing. And But but yeah. if you're looking for good good plywood, um, yes. you know, you're, you're looking at the stuff that's warping. That's the cheap stuff. That's meant for siding. It's meant for roofing, whatever. Yeah. Uh, in, in the same aisle, they usually have the, uh, the nice birch or... Um, um, it's a, it's a nice finished plywood, and okay. it's gonna cost you. It's it's gonna be anywhere from thirty to sixty bucks for the sheet, but it's gorgeous. I mean, you you put a yeah. stain on that, and it's it's and this and what you're looking for is look at the edge of the wood. Yeah. Um, how many voids are there? Uh, the more voids there are in the side of the wood that you can see where there's gaps and you know in the layers, mm-hmm. um, it's the less stable it's gonna be. So the the more solid the, the plywood is, the better. Wait, so what do you mean, like the less layers itself? What he's talking about is on the cheaper plywood, they don't use solid pieces. Sometimes there's voids in it. So if you look at the side, the edge of the plywood, like on a three-quarter inch piece of plywood, you usually see like seven layers depending on the plywood, right. five mm-hmm. layers. If you see a lot of voids in each like layer, layer two, you see like a, a gap missing or something like that. But oh, Fred, but Fred's okay. onto it. Like you don't want to use you don't want to use CDX. They make an AC, which is a good side, bad side. They make a BC, which is a good side, yep. bad side. Um, okay. They yeah, make I want like almost like finishing plywood, right? Like the good stuff. Birch or oak is yeah, what birch, you're looking for. Birch is and it's and it's and something I can take a router to the edge and round. Oh it yeah, and, yeah. It, and that's, that's that your nice plywood. Weird look, and I can like you said stain it. That that would actually be really nice. Yeah, I would I would stain it and then just layer the heck out of it with the uh, polyurethane, and it would be a gorgeous, gorgeous top. Now, when you do polyurethane on on wood that like that type, do you have to buff it or sand it once you get the layers on it so that it's like glass smooth? Because I would love it if it was like 
you know, almost like when you know how you take like some type of when when you do woodworking and you you basically you, you do your covering on it, your staining, and then you yep. buff the crap out of it, and it has that glass shine to it. Well, I actually did that with this door. Um, I I put several layers down. I'd I'd put one layer down, let it dry, mm-hmm. and then just give it a buff sanding. And then yeah. put the next layer on and did the same thing. I just built it up so it kind of gave it a little extra protection. And it, it oh. feels, you know, just as smooth as can be. So Nice. Steve, they also make uh, polyurethane that's made for gymnasium floors. It'll cost you some money, yeah, but that stuff is is pretty decent stuff. I remember we used to sell it. I'd, I don't even know if half of this stuff I'm talking about is even made anymore because it's been a long time since I worked at a lumberyard. But uh you need to get a list together, dude, and go get a part-time yeah. job at Lowe's and then mark down <laughs> all of that plywood you need. Because I'm yeah. serious, the last sheet of plywood, either that or go to Lowe's and take a look and, and you know maybe make a deal with the guy. Because if it gets down to the last sheet and it's been damaged by the forklift, like they'll usually mark that down ridiculous. Like really? we, used to, we used to mark that down to like 50 cents, a dollar. and Oh, yeah. yeah. Ask the guy there for the, um, the cold lumber section. Um, yeah. And if I was That's buying it, it was fifty cents. Cold? <laughs> what did you call it? Cold. cold. Like cold to the herd. C U L. Yeah, cold. And there's a there's a, usually like a, a rolling container that they've got all the. I mean, it could be two by fours, one bys, plywood, whatever. Somebody came in and they wanted a piece of plywood cut, and then after they get it all cut up, they like, hey, you know what? I don't want it. I've got some pieces like that, and it's yeah, it's marked down, you know, drastically low. Okay. And like, do is that at like a lumberyard or like can I go to Home Depot or Lowe's? Home, Home Depot and Lowe's has it. Home Depot has it usually, and they've got purple marks on it. So grab a purple uh, can of purple spray paint. Yeah, and just mark everything. And just yeah, just mark everything. <laughs> uh, but and that, the other problem is this. You know, I want some of these tables. I want to be pretty either long or 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 big, right? Like the depth of it. Um, I don't mind having them cut down the sheet. Great. I, I just don't know how I'm going to bring it home. <laughs> like, even yeah. when I bought a, a sheet of plywood to build up this wall in the family room, yeah. I basically knew that I'm going to need this much width. And I bought, uh, you know, a sheetrock ruler and in the parking lot, I scored it, broke it, and cut the other side to fit it into the car. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do for plywood like this because I'd like to keep it. Like the back wall tables, you know, I don't know how. I mean, I guess I might just do it by 80 inches to, to match up like 30 by 80 to just match the solid cord island door or whatever I'm, I'm going to have. I mean, I don't even know if that will fit in my car. Like I was thinking like one day I'll just take like three $400 and just go buy wood with it, rent a, <laughs> one of those, you know, uh, 10 miles for $30 home depot yeah. and just carried all the two by fours or one by threes or whatever, you know, and then all the sheets of, of plywood that I need and just kind of bring it home and drop the truck off. What do you drive? Um, it's like a mid-sized SUV, I guess, or small. Do you have a trailer hitch? I do not. Kevin does. Oh, I have a trailer hitch. I might be able to get a trailer, too. Steve. Yeah, you might want to invest in oh, a trailer. I might be able to borrow my buddy's trailer that he used to haul motorcycles around on. We could just oh, throw dude. stuff on that and ratchet it down, you know. Ratchet down, yeah. Yeah, if you can, I'll have to see if he oh. still has it. I haven't seen it in a while. Because I think I think the U-Haul truck rentals are like sixty or seventy bucks. So at least, yeah, yeah. So you can save me that. That's ah, screw a, U-Haul. That's a good show. If it comes know. down to it, I can probably borrow the delivery van one weekend, and we can get whatever you want. Okay, that sounds good to me. Sweet. 
So for all you that um, are building, you know, your <laughs> workshops and your maker spaces, um, just find a friend like Kevin. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to give him my number. <laughs> well, just Fred, call Kevin. Fred, Fred already has your number, so which I'm surprised he hasn't used yet. Mm-hmm. Oh no, he'll get the special call eventually. Oh, I can't wait for the special call. It'd be like Avengers Assemble, the special call. <laughs> this is like bat signal and everything. Yeah, my watch starts beeping. <laughs> beep, beep. Right. Uh, too bad you don't have an Apple Watch. You could talk to it like Dick Tracy. It'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Now, lighting, right? Obviously, now you got your space made out. You got your storage kind of sorted. You got your tools in order. Lighting. That's, it's, a very, it's very important, right? You want to be able to see what you're working on. Um, what do you guys have set up? Well, I've got the, uh, the standard shop lights running down the length of the room, but I'm, I'm going to change it. I want to box them in because uh, right now they, you know, they're casting a lot of glare on my, my, my big new TV screen. And, uh, you know, if I'm moving stuff around, it's the fluorescent bulbs are right out exposed where they can get hit and smashed. Uh, I'm going to put them up in between the rafters and have them, you know, a little bit, sh- you know, shielded by the side, but they're still casting good light down. Okay. Uh, so you went with the fluorescent, um, you know, shop lights, like the long well, fluorescent was about. Yeah, they, they were here when I got the place, so. Okay. And then the, uh, the other thing is over my individual workspaces, I've got the small little two-foot fluorescent lights. But the thing I'm really I'm really excited about is um, I picked up on Amazon. It's a flexible arm uh, LED light ring with the magnifying glass. Oh, nice! Yeah. So I can uh, you know I can the I can use it as just yeah I can use it just as a regular light or I can use it mm-hmm. for the um, for the for the magnifier and it clamps. It's got a clamp, so I can clamp it to any service that has a lip. So. Okay. Nice. I was gonna get one of those, but um, mm-hmm. I didn't want to fill out the my age because i heard that you can only buy that if you're over a certain age no no they they let me have it oh okay but my my first name's my first name's wilbur so maybe they thought i was older sure um i had the the fluorescent lights Uh, i still have i kind of have 50 50 i have fluorescent and some led lights Mm -hmm. uh and i i don't know the fluorescent lights i like because they're cheap but i always seem to have problems Maybe it's due to the fact that it gets cold down in the garage in the wintertime. I have I have problems with the lighting, like the bulbs themselves going out, the ballast going out. Maybe I just buy cheap stuff. I don't know. But in one certain area, in one area over my main like bench area, I had picked up two small LED lights that are kind of like mountable, and you can connect them together with a cable. I got mm-hmm. those mounted up over my main bench. Where I had fluorescent lights, I ripped them out and left the actual f- fluorescent, the white fixtures up. And I like I got, the housing. Yeah, the housing. And I took the 12 volt uh, LED strips from Hobby King, the ones that you peel the back off and you stick them, yeah. those LEDs. Yeah. I took yeah. three strips of white and put it in there. I kept adding strips until it was the equivalent of what the bulb was. And I just put nice. a, I just wired in a 12 volt power supply. Like it's, it's like mounted up in the, to the to the ceiling of the garage there so it comes on with the you know the rest of them and i thought that was a pretty inexpensive way of converting stuff over to led because the freaking leds that replace those at least when i did it at the time oh, were yeah. kind they're, of expensive they're still expensive oh are they well i, mean, I bought but, some at walmart and it was like 400 led 
blah, 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 like all this candle watt power, all this crap. And I think they're like 35 or 40 bucks each. And they're the size of like a two fluorescent light bulb, um, you know, those long fluorescent light bulbs. Yeah. Yeah. I might so, have the standard like four foot long. Yeah. It's like four foot long and it's probably about, I don't know, maybe eight inches wide or so. It's just, you know, basically the housing looks like the same housing of fluorescent light bulb. Oh, okay. Which it, and they were, I mean, it wasn't that expensive. I don't know how they are. I haven't gotten a chance to wire them in yet, but I figure I'll, I'll buy two of those to start with and see how they are. If they're good, then maybe I'll get two more and spread the light out, you know? Yeah. But so, I mean, does, so what's your experience with LEDs? Like, are they, do they provide good light and good color? Like, you know, because fluorescent lights are, they provide pretty good light. The fluorescent you know? lights you could get in different color temperatures. Oh, sure, yeah. For sure. Um, but I noticed a huge difference outside my house when I changed the bulbs outside to LED bulbs. Um, mm-hmm. I actually like the more white uh, LEDs. Right. I, haven't, I haven't worked under them other than the white ones that I have, like I mentioned before. Yeah. You could also buy those um, the LED lights that has the little color code uh, remote, and you can fluctuate the coloring on that. You know, all the way through the you know reds, blues, yellows, orange, whatever you want to do. This is gonna be disco time at Fred Shack. <laughs> you gotta have them all kind of changing colors. <laughs> if that's, I wanted to, that's for the <laughs> um, that's for the Friday night build night, dude. Oh, okay. If the lights are red. That means Fred's done. We gotta cut <laughs> the video. There you go. <laughs> the, the after build party. The after <laughs> build party. Yeah. <laughs> that's when. Uh, Kevin comes over and starts making the James Bond or the Martinis or whatever. Yeah. James <laughs> Bond margaritas. Oh, dude, I forgot to tell you that this weekend I was making zombies. <laughs> zombies, yeah. Dude, Puerto Rican rum is the worst the next day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had three of those. And when I went to make number four, the wife was like, you know, you've had three of those. And I was like, yeah, all right. And the next day I woke up and I said, I'm glad you stopped me at three. <laughs> uh, side note sorry uh, i mean so it's important to have proper lighting obviously right like yeah. in my my temporary workshop i have like those two 1000 like halogen light bulbs it's it's daytime in that room and it's great when i'm working on helis it's great when i'm recording the videos too because that's one of the things that um i you know i always suffered before like in my old apartment when i tried to do a video everything was dark and or the light source was from one side, and you can definitely tell. <laughs> yeah, you've got like thousand watts of of light in that small room, and it throws it all over the place. It's 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 pretty awesome. Yeah, with the light color walls, like it just the whole yeah. room just lights up completely. Usually, those halogens don't aren't very good for video. They they won't mm. show, but you you I think it's because of the color of the walls. They're yeah, blue and, I don't and it have bounces off. Like at my workspace they're actually pointed at the walls yeah. so i'm just seeing the diffuse ref, you know reflection of the light the only problem uh, with those bad boys is they get hot and if you bump into it you're gonna know oh, it. yes yeah yeah. yeah oh yeah um the housing gets extremely hot but that's another thing that i kind of like about it because in my ground floor it's a little bit colder so <laughs> i actually don't need to worry about heating in that <laughs> i don't have to worry about any heating in there i can work in it and i was, and I was actually working in it the other day and i had like a um a fleece on and i was like oh man i gotta take this off it's too warm in here <laughs> and it was 20 degrees outside so i was like okay this worked out pretty well nice. um, 
another thing is outlets, right? You want to make sure you have enough power outlets, right? So yeah. how do you guys do that? Do you guys just wire, daisy chain your own outlets? Do you, you remember power? Christmas Story? That, that's what yeah. mine looks like. No, <laughs> that's the worst wait, wait, thing. Don't you, you can do. Aren't you sort of an electrician? I mean, you help me wire up a new uh, fuse and line. But as they say, the cobbler's kids have no shoes. Exactly. I, I've seen the uh, the wire strips, the plug-in strips that they have. That's got like you know six or eight or ten, and even the ones that only have four or five, you can take those and mount them right to the workbench. Especially if you, the, they're workbenches, you're rolling around. I uh, I pick up these little you know six foot or ten foot long extension cords, and uh, I can I can plug that into the uh, the strip outlet and plug it into my wall plugs. Now, do you have uh, any recommended like gauge? Because you know extension cords have different gauges. Or if you're running your Anything that's more, I guess, um, power intensive? Do you run a thicker gauge, or are you just kind of like, eh, it all works? That's a good question. I, I'm running a, it's a heavier gauge. I'm not sure what it is. Um, you know, it's not the little two strand extension mm-hmm. cords. It's the heavier duty ones. If you're not charging anything crazy, I don't think you need. Yeah, I'm only running ten feet, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and then they also make like outdoor and indoor extension cords right like, I, w- I would stick with the outdoor stuff i mean yes this is this is the outdoor a little 10 foot and, and you know I, i'm the wiring in your wall is 12 gauge so i would stick yeah. with that go with that or, or 12 or, gauge minimum okay yeah i mean i, I think you get a four-way with 14 too yeah also but yeah it's but, if you can get 12 you get go with 12 Okay. I'm bad. I, I go to Harbor Freight a lot, and they've got them cheap. They're you know five yeah. bucks or whatever for the ten footers. It's not mm-hmm. much. So, one thing I do with the power strips though is I'll actually I did this in a few spots. I'll take the power strip and I don't know what are they about the foot long. I'll take a piece that's equal width of a power strip and maybe a little bit longer, and I'll just zip tie the power strip to that piece of wood. Yep. And then I'll use that piece of wood to like screw that underneath the workbench somewhere. Now I did something bad. Which is because because they they give you those little they have those little tabs those for screws yeah. and yeah. that's almost impossible to line those up. Here's what I found online is they 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 flip the um, power strip over and they unscrewed the the four screws in the back of it that holds it together. Okay. Okay. And they drilled through from the back to the front and then just stuck it up against whatever they're wanting to mount it to and then put the screws through from the front. Okay. Okay. And there's no electricity behind it because it's just the um, that's where the screws were that's anyways. Where the screws are. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Hey, yeah, it worked that. out great. I I forget what I did it on one of the benches here. And uh it it's it hasn't burnt the place down yet, so I'm good. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do like on the my inside work area, my temporary. That that table has basically like an A-frame legging system. So, I just take a power strip and use those heavy-duty zip ties and just zip tie them onto that. One of the things that I think I showed Kevin and he was like, what are you doing? And so I was mounting something on the wall. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. I yeah, said, I don't know how. You, I said, uh, what are you doing? That there sounds insane. <laughs> yeah. so, I, could, I couldn't tell who was who on that one. <laughs> so one of the things that I do for mounting things like power strips on the wall is because on, on one end, right, they have like the, the hook kind of hole, right? I don't know what you call it. It's a hole and you can put a screw basically like. You can put a screw in the wall and you can hook it onto that, that yeah. hole. Yep. I take a piece of paper and I take like a side of a pencil and I kind of rub over the, the holes and you actually make an outline. To make a template, yeah. You make a template. And then 
I take that piece of paper and put it on the wall and just drill. Yep. And tear the paper off. Then t- exactly. Tear the paper off, and now you have the holes exactly where you need them. So that's a neat little trick. Um, you were doing a, a gravestone rub on the back of your power strip. Yep. Nice. Yes. Now exactly. I get it, dude. Now I know right? what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> but the latest strip uh, I got was from uh, – I work for uh, a company that deals with a lot of power stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say it. I almost said okay. it. Um, yeah. I was able to acquire a power strip that we normally put in one of our stand-up racks. And it has a – it's pretty cool. It has a um, little window on it that displays the amperage draw on it. So I, I like that just nice. for the hell of it. Uh, every now and then oh. I'll look at that. Because we use 24 volts DC to charge our batteries, but that's not, and we'll charge at a certain amperage. That's not the amperage AC that's actually being mm-hmm. drawn out of the wall. So it it's, was neat to check that out when I first fired that up. But it's a it's a decent power strip. And, and on that topic, you know, what are you doing if if you're working in your shop and you're charging your batteries there? Do you have some sort of uh, battery charging area? Yeah, it's called a family room. Yeah. Well, like a battery bunker, you know. Yeah. I don't like I don't have you know, any once, I don't have any specific I don't even charge them in a lipo bag or anything like that. Yeah. I charge them sitting on top of the charger. I'm always there. I don't I never leave it. Mm-hmm. Like if it's a Saturday night and we're flying Sunday, I'll I'll sometimes bring the charger up into the living room and if I'm yeah. hanging out there with the wife or something, I'll be charging batteries while we're watching a movie or something. Now now I'll tell you I found something that um it was a Home Depot that had it, but I'm sure they've got it in multiple places. Mm-hmm. They make a fire-rated sheetrock Yes, for in, for in kitchens. So I made a little area out of the sheetrock that I could throw all my batteries in and charge at. Now, is that, okay. is that something new? Because they used to make, and I'm sure they still make it, a 5-8 sheetrock that was fire-resistant, fire-rated. That was require, It's a requirement in Jersey uh, to put that in your garage if you have a garage that's attached to the house. Yeah, I don't know about... Is it 5 eighths thick? Good question. Let me get my tape measure. Because Jersey, you cannot go outside the house and sneeze without a permit, so everything's regulated. And that's one of the regulations that I know about. One of the yeah. 300 billion regulations. <laughs> that's that only when your garage is attached to the house, though, right? Yeah, like, right, right. Okay. You have to have a fire-rated yeah. door. You have to have a fire-rated sheetrock. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's 5 eighths, half inch, somewhere in there. Yeah, so that's probably the same stuff. Yeah. So so what so what did you do? You actually cut that down and make that into a, a battery bunker? Yeah, and the only reason I use that versus let's say some of the um the hardy board, the concrete board mm-hmm. is I can do this with a with a regular um knife, just a little shop knife. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I could trace it, cut Those it and knife. break mm-hmm. it. See now that's funny, Fred, because I'm gonna build one out of that hardy board, the tile backer. I was just in Home Depot like two days ago. I almost picked it up. Uh they make a three eighths inch and they make a quarter inch, and I want to see how cheaply I can build it. I want to make it like a two by two box, basically yep. build like a chi- chicken coop or a large birdhouse like looking thing with a slant uh-huh. roof, um, and put it outside. You know, maybe put like a lock on it. Uh, put it, and put it halfway between your house and the neighbor's house. Halfway between my house and the neighbor's house. Yep. <laughs> yeah, where the, that bucket is. With I'm the gonna on I'm it. gonna paint it red and I'm gonna stencil <laughs> TNT on the side of it. That'll really freak my neighbors out. TNT, Acme, have Wally, you know, yeah. Coyote on it. With a plunger. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I got to post this picture. This is so off base. <laughs> Years ago when I worked at this friggin' lumberyard, I had one of those wind-up clocks. You know, the wind-up 
it's an alarm clock, white alarm clock. Okay. Yeah. Well, I took I took twelve I, I I took twelve dowels and I cut them down to like roughly thirteen inches, twelve inches, roughly mm-hmm. a foot, and I taped them all together with black tape. And I took electric, I took little tiny curly wires off of each side of it, and I and I just just like glued it into the back of the alarm clock. And I used to leave it sitting on my kitchen table. <laughs> it looked like a bomb. It looked like dynamite with a with a uh-huh. alarm clock on top of it. Yeah, as long as you don't take it to school, you'll be fine. So the lady that owned my house at the time was trying to sell it, and they were having people come over, and they <laughs> they looked in and saw this this thing sitting on the table that looks like a bomb, and they called the police, and the police showed up. No way. I was at work, and the police showed up. They opened up the the door. The police walked in, and they were like, "That's fake. It's a it's a clock. He just it's it's a clock that he made." Yeah. So they showed the house to the people, and you know, of course, they didn't buy it because I'm still here. But uh, <laughs> it, that was a funny story. My sister always brings that story up. I got it. I still have it somewhere. It's in my garage somewhere. I think it's probably in one of the pictures from back in the day. Uh, it might be in an old man metal episode too. I don't know, <laughs> but I know it's there. It's it's funny. This the crazy yeah. stuff we used to make when we were at that lumberyard, all with nice. discounted stuff. You know. But, but yeah, um, I'm going to, I'm going to build it out of that. And what I I was trying to do was I was trying to see if I could get this thing, uh, built for like under a certain amount of money, like 20 bucks, 40 bucks. Yeah. I don't know what you guys thought is on this. Like I'm going to do, I'm going to typically like frame it out. I was going to frame it out with like one by two or some, some kind of furring and, um, Mm -hmm. and then put this backer board tile board, uh, on the outside but I'm also thinking of maybe putting it on the inside as well. I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, you think I need I, I to think, do it on the inside? I think I would just do it on the inside and have the wooden framing on the outside because I, I, I'd skip the wooden frame and see about getting some of the um, the metal angle. There you go. That would work too. What do you mean the metal angle? The angle stock that they have. Um, you can get it either aluminum. You can get steel. Um, you'll oh, find it. Okay. Uh, heck, go find an old old shelving unit that they've broken down and tore up and you can just cut it out of that uh bed frame oh you mean like yeah okay some angle, right iron, angle. Just, yeah. angle and then yeah and then drill it and uh you can either bolt it or rivet it and that will hold it in place yeah because i just think the the wood on the inside like if a battery would go up the wood would go up it could i mean it. probably that's what i was thinking about coating it i mean i'm not going to put the batteries most of the batteries will be in in lipo bags in this bunker I would just uh, do it without the lipo bag. <laughs> well, I like to keep them organized, so I have like a bunch of different bags. Or, or you can get just regular metal angle brackets, yeah, um, and use that. I, I would secure it that way. And would you make so? You're going to make the roof a slanted roof, right? Is the, is the roof going to have a vent, a soffit, or something? Yeah, you could have. Yeah, you could have a soffit type vent. You could. I don't know if I would need it because it's not going to be airtight. Yeah. yeah, if it goes, it's gonna go. But I mean, it, like one of the things, especially like these ammo cases that I used to use, is like I kind of want to have. I want to determine if a lipo goes up and starts to fire, and I want to determine where the smoke and fire comes out of. You know, I don't want it to start shooting out of the the crevices or you know, like any parts that might not be perfectly sealed. You know what I mean? I feel like the easiest method is like it's, it's gonna heat up, it's gonna rise. Then you should put a vent up top and let it like, and so you can direct where that fire is going or the smoke and heat is going. Yeah, direct it towards my neighbor's house. Yeah, exactly. Okay, 
Yeah, I was thinking you could do like trees, you, know? no. you could do like a piece of uh, pipe, even piece of steel, copper, anything PVC, even just that comes up and and like does a one eighty, so you know you're not getting rain in there, and it's just yeah. an air vent. Yeah, or like just like even like a, you know, what is it? Those like the bathroom vents. There's like the little yeah, yeah the register vent. I mean, yeah. if even if under the overhang, I drilled a couple of holes, I, I could do that too. Yeah, just exactly. Vent that straight works. out the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So then, would you run power out there? So would your charger be in there, or would it no, just no. be like everything be extended? No, I would just store my batteries. But so I, I have a lot of. Now oh, that just I'm getting, store... It's just a battery storage, yeah. Because now that right. I'm getting into more of this six S batteries and and bigger batteries, mm-hmm. I mean, they, most of them are just sitting on a shelf in my garage. So I mean, I don't want. I I often think about it like I got to do something and get them all out of the house. Just for peace of mind, I really don't even think anything's going to happen. Just yeah, for that you could almost go get away with just getting some big old metal um, toolboxes and yeah. storming that. I kind of wanted to just put them outside, though. Like, do you think it'd be bad, like the heat or the moisture or anything with the batteries being outside in the summertime? It's probably going to be pretty cool in there with it being all made of concrete, like right, okay, the thinly lined concrete. Yeah. But it's not going to conduct that heat, you know. Okay. I'll probably be using them once a week in the summertime. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm probably looking at um, getting a little small, you know, like the, the dorm size refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to set it on the warmest setting and just leave that out here in my shop. Because in the summertime, you know, this isn't air conditioned except for when I'm in it. Uh, so I killed pretty much all my batteries this summer. I wasn't even thinking about it. I left them out here in the shop. Okay. And uh, just the heat, the heat cooked them. Um, so I've got a, a ceramic cookie jar that's my uh, my temporary lipo graveyard. Okay. Until, until I can dispose of them properly, and yeah, it's full. <laughs> you bring up a good point, then, Fred. Maybe I don't want to make this and put it outside in the summer. Hmm. Yeah. Or what's just put thing? a little refrigerator in there. <laughs> well, um, for you know, if if you. Doing it inside, you've seen the way the guys from Flight Test do theirs. They've got that double door uh, toolbox, and they just store the batteries inside the, the metal toolbox, yeah. the big one. You know, that, should, that should be enough. I mean, you know, I personally use for my just general storage, I've got the uh, metal ammo cans. Yeah, that's and, what I uh, do too. Yeah, yeah I see, got some I'm, of the larger ones. I'm coming up to the point where I'm having too many larger batteries, too many batteries in general. Yeah, I mean, my 12S and 14S packs, they're not fitting in any of the ammo cans I have. So they, technically, I put them in, like, a little helicopter bag, and they just sit in the garage. Right now, they're sitting in my family room right five feet from me. It's probably not the best thing. One one thing I was thinking, you know, just kind of looking at it, it's like, if, technically, if I wanted to, I can just get a little metal rack and put it in my fireplace. So if it does go up, at least it's in the <laughs> fireplace. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's... And, I, and I've intentionally flared these things off, and they shoot the fire a pretty decent distance. But yeah, I pulled out one that was sitting in that box, that cat litter box that I have in between okay. my house and my neighbor's house. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've pulled one out of there like a year later, and I've I've said, let me let me try jumping the positive negative to see if there's any energy left to this thing, and there still was. Oh wow! Yeah, have you tried puncturing it though? Did you take a nail and uh, to take Lucy to it? No, I, Lucille. Lucille. <laughs> Lucy. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Lucy's, Lucy's the nail version of, of Lucy's the, the the RC version. Yeah. Eeny, meeny, 
Miney. Mo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so all the for all the fans of uh oh, the people that aren't fans of Walking Dead, they have no idea what you're talking about right now. It's okay. Inside joke. Go watch Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, I mean, th- that's definitely something uh if you're going to have a workshop, especially RC, yeah. Build a battery bunker. Build a If I come up with something, like maybe I'll look around Harbor Freight or something or Home Depot. If I come up with something, I'll definitely post a picture. Yeah, and Fred, we want to see pictures of your setup too. I want to let's let's share this idea and get everyone to safely store their battery somewhere instead of in the living room, five feet away from me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about as far as workshop space? No. no? Okay. No, we can always revisit this again too. Yeah, definitely. And um, I want to extend it out. We'll we'll put some pictures up. I want to see. Uh, maybe we'll get Fred to post some pictures of his shop and all his ideas in one spot, like in one post, so it's easy for our listeners to go see. And and I'll try to do the same, and Kevin can do so too. And we want to hear from the listeners too. You got some workspace, you know? Let's see it. Let's see what ideas you have. Let's collaborate. Let's share these ideas. So I don't have to do any thinking. I can just say, go, "Oh, that looks cool. I want to build that." <laughs> yeah, go go post them over on the uh, the the flight test forum thread. Mm-hmm. Yep, flight you test know. forum, Facebook, whichever. That way, Nick want to use, you know. Yeah, that way, uh, Nick's not feeling lonely. Yeah. Hey, Nick. Hey, hey Nick. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reached out to him the other day. I was like, dude, I don't, I don't hear from you anymore. And then I, I went to the Facebook post. I was like, where's episode fifty six? Where's episode fifty five? Oh, uh, he's been over in that community cast. In fact, um, I, you may or may not have noticed he's uh he's actually the moderator for there section of the forum what <laughs> i knew this was happening <laughs> that's all right I, I i gave him the mod powers without telling him oh yeah nice <laughs> uh, all right so let's move on to the news here news here news 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 got your news five who's, pence who's got your news? The news all right so five yeah, pence see. really i don't know all right extra extra read all about it He's been spending too much time with Joel. He's been watching the <laughs> upstairs downstairs too much or something. I don't know. Last week it was a English accent. Now he's five pence for for news. For newspaper. Oh, oh man. Uh, okay. All right. So, yeah. What do we got here? Dude, I put that flight test five must see projects. One of those must see projects was Kevin Matusik's rating. Raiden. Radian? Uh, Radian. Yeah. His radiator. Awesome. Congrats, yes. Kevin. Congrats, Kevin. Yeah, yes. I, I like it. I, I like seeing the flight test guys uh, reaching out and kind of highlighting the, the community again. Yeah, I love this, man. Well, of course you do. You got to be on. I was just going to mention that. But I was going <laughs> to mention that not just me. I was, dude, I was honored to be a part of, like, the other the group. Freaking yeah. amazing builders that were part of that group, man. Yeah. And. The guys that commented on that or sent me a like a a comment directly or told me about it was Fred, you, Fred Thompson, Aaron Blake, Chris Ryber, you, Aaron, Steve, yep. uh, Pat, Patrick Sean Murphy, Chris Breams, Dave Crawford, Andrew Snyder, and Chad Griffith all sent me comments about it. So thanks, guys. Awesome, yeah. They used mm-hmm. Kevin Matusik's footage from when we were out there at Neff, you know, yep. when they were doing a little recording, and that's when Josh got a chance to fly it. Yeah. And I didn't get into it too much, but uh, I thought it was ingenious the way he had the body 
you could separate and put in an FPV nose, yes. like interchangeable on that. That was yeah. pretty awesome, man. It was modular. The front nose was modular, so right. you could have the regular. You could put the FPV nose. Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I still remember mine. You're flying away. Yes, bye. It's too funny, dude. It's too funny because I was just listening to that the other day, like, uh-huh. um, and I, I was listening to I think it was the episode fifty two where we were talking about the whole like year and stuff like that, and yeah, the re- recap. Yeah, one of the funniest things I can remember is when that little kid next to yeah. you looked at you and were like, he was like, "Well, you gonna go get it?" And you were like, "No, <laughs> no nope. way! It's like two miles away." Yeah. Oh, dude, that, that was, was yeah, so funny. All right, so I was gonna have a little kids. <laughs> in her back. Kids, kids are so funny, man. They wouldn't even think twice about running two miles to get something like that. Oh, yeah. We're like, I don't even want to walk back to the camper. <laughs> yeah. I want to uh, sleep I, here. I, I will say winter is over. I just had a mosquito come into my shop. Oh, jeez. That's one thing I like about winter. <laughs> no mosquitoes, no gnats, and <laughs> no, 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 no crap. All right. So what else do we have here? The other Ooh. thing I had in, in in the news also involved flight test. It was a flight test hit 600,000 subscribers on their YouTube So this YouTube is for their YouTube, right? Yep. Awesome. So congrats nice. to flight test, man. Yeah. They're probably up to like 610,000 by now, it's, Man, only, and I'm kinda, it's only like five hours later after they announced it. Yeah. And I'm curious how many of those are international. I know with me doing the customer service stuff, I, I deal with a lot of people from all over the world. Oh, um, I'm sure it's a good amount. Yeah. It's a good so. 20, 30%. Yeah. You deal with people from all over the world. So what are they like? How, they got must write you in English, though, right? Or are they uh, usually? Usually. Um, for, or? For, sometimes I'm, I've broken out Google Translate to talk to them. But yeah, wow. usually it's. Uh, Usually, folks, basically anybody that can understand the show, sure, wow. um, is is you know writing in. So, cool, yeah, cool. All right, congrats uh, to flight test. Yeah, congrats flight test. All right, what's next for you in a hobby? What's Let's, next for you, Steve? I'm gonna finish my Goblin Black Thunder 700. Black Thunder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that stood for Bluetooth. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's 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 flown by Bluetooth now. Uh, <laughs> no way. <laughs> that I can see you out there with scary. the cell phones, tilting tilting the phone to get it to steer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh how funny would that make like a gag video like that? <laughs> he trips and his phone goes flying. And the and helicopter's a, doing bureau whole flips. Routine. <laughs> yeah. That would be That's awesome. Funny. And then and then it lands on upside down. And just swoop. the hell he's just hovering upside down. Uh, that would be cool. We should do something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, basically that, I guess I'll try to work on some of that, uh, the workshop, just because we've been talking about it. And I'd like to get that going so that way I could do those other builds, like the Vigan, the glass, you know, Vigan, uh, finish the cup, you know, all the other stuff. So, um, but yeah, my main thing is I'm going to finish that heli. I'm going to finish the video and post that and get that heli made in. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, what about you, Kevin? Uh, I'm going to hopefully made in the 690 this weekend. Hopefully you will. Yeah. Don't you try. You will. <laughs> no, I, I, hopefully I can get that going. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about upcoming projects this for this like spring or whatever, you know, get ready for the season. I definitely want to do that, that Viggen, that 6S Viggen 
Yes. And I think I might actually uh, record the whole thing, building it, and uh, maybe put together some some uh, video for our YouTube channel or something like that. You know, yeah. From ordering where I got it from, and then building it, and then. Are you gonna time lapse it? Are you gonna do like? Uh, what do you envision on that? I'm just curious. No, just a couple of parts. Like, I ordered it from here. I got the stuff. I'm putting it together. Built it. Now I'm gonna maiden it. Okay. You know that type of thing. Let me know. I'll give you the banner so you can hang that up. At okay. Yeah. I got a blue screen somewhere from when Jerry and I used to do blue screen stuff. So maybe I'll throw that up and. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, man, I don't, don't have, have any. I don't have any stuff to key myself with though anymore, or key out the blue screen. What do you mean? Don't, you don't have like After Effects? Or, oh, you mean like program wise or? Yeah, program wise. Yeah, uh-huh. Probably too I much. Could you up. All right. Um, <laughs> That's it. Cool. What about your install your your one twenty hobby wing man? Get that five. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me ESC. put that in there. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. I keep forgetting about that sucker. Yeah, don't forget about it. That's going to roll into that New Year's resolution that they're going to be talking about next year. Next year. <laughs> I'm going to build an so FT racer, and I'm going to put my ESC in my 570. Nice. All right. Uh, Fred. Oh, wait, are you done, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess. <laughs> now you now. are. I am now. <laughs> A little while ago, I, I um, found an add-on. Craigslist and a uh, guy was getting out of the hobby, moving, wanted to get rid of all of his, his stuff. So sold off a huge pile of RC aircraft. Um, nice. And so I had already planned to go to the Perry swap meet up in Georgia at the first weekend in March. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went ahead and reserved a table and I'm going to fix this stuff up and slap it out there for sale. Nice. Nice. In between then and now, um, the uh, there's an event in Central Florida at the uh, San Velasco Hammock state park and they're going to be doing a uh, a discus launch or hand launch glider competition i want to go check that out towards the end of the month i think the last weekend in february um they're doing a uh, central florida fpv meet and i i might go ahead and drive down to that too that's in leesburg okay. again is that the one that was in leesburg last year yeah i think that's where it is nice oh. so you coming down my mother lives in leesburg yeah i'd love to I think I was close to making it last year, uh, but I'm not sure what the deal is this year. I usually let the wife handle all the vacation plans. Well, well, hint at her that this is the time period you want to do it. It's going to be February 23rd through the 26th. Okay. Uh, but a CFL FPV is the, the name of the, the uh, event, and the location is Sorrento, Florida. Okay. Yeah, the Leesburg one, um, it was kind of a neat place, but it was always underwater. It, it made for an interesting <laughs> event. So, yeah, if you can, okay. go on down. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm still on the fence on it, but I'm leaning towards going. Nice. Cool. I, I think you, you linked me a couple of those, like, Craigslist or posts or yeah, uh, those auction swap meets. The, the helicopter one fell through. I didn't get to get those. Oh, uh, no? Okay. But, some uh, of those deals were insane. It's like... I mean, they're older helis. They're like Blade 500, Blade 453 um, But it was like a DX6i and a couple other little helis. Yeah. For like 200 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Well, it sold off the 500, but you had the, the 400, the, three, the 300, um, mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other stuff. And yeah, for yeah. 300 bucks, it was, you, could, you could part it out for more than that. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Okay, so I guess uh, let's do a wrap-up. All right, let's wrap it up. Yeah, the wrap-up's going to be a little bit long, so... What? Yeah. What? Well, first, let's just uh, go through Facebook. We've hit over 400 Facebook likes. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm going to have to do, like, some, some trumpets yeah. or something. <laughs> We're at 401! Um, 11 <laughs> nice. new likes this week. And cue the music, because half of these names I will mess up. Well, maybe not half, but some for sure. Especially this first one. That last name is gonna mess me up. Okay, uh, we have Roberto Miranda de Arujo, 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 Arujo. Um, oh, this is our, one of our friends from CP Halley. Dennis, um, I'm gonna ruin his last name too. Delisi, Delizo, Delizo. Delizo. Uh, this is L-E at the end? Mor- Moradeos. <laughs> I cannot. Don't ask me to say that. <laughs> uh, Frank should unlike it like us just so that he gets on here. Dude, <laughs> all week long I've been going, Moradeos. 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 Like all week long. Like I'm <laughs> announcer for Telemundo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, Maria. Moradeos. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. <laughs> like like a Spanish soap opera. Right, right. Uh, All week long, Frank. Thanks. <laughs> All right, we have uh, Ron Corse Jr. It's our friend Ron. Um, that guy has quite a heli suit. Uh, we have Darren Wines. Oh, my team manager, Flakes and Oxy, Rich Knapp. Nice. Uh oh. We have Blair Hammond, Rick Maddox, Shannon Mike. Gladden, uh, Steven Imbe, the creator of that app that we use. Uh, what is that app called again? Let that me bring I that still up. haven't downloaded? Go download it. It's I'm so bad, dude. I'm like a Arts bear. I'm hibernating. And for battery Yeah, you're just... <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to be I'm hibernation this week. I was going to say you're just... Yeah, I'm just zoning. In the wad right now. You can't go out and... Do what you gotta do. What are the games? All the Alright. Alright. We have David Bang and Scott Holston. Nice. Alright. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Um, Thanks, guys. Facebook comments. Yeah, we got Facebook comments. So, this I actually wanted to talk about last week, but I totally forgot. So, Ryan Papp, um, it's one of our listeners, and he. He messaged us saying, oh, he got this new, you know, he got this new Blade 120S ready to fly. And, you know, he was, he was like, and I was like, oh, let me know how it is, you know, if you want to ask some pictures or videos. So he did a, he did a little review for us. So come check that out. If you go to our Free Farsi podcast page on Facebook and then you go to visitors post, you'll see it there. Uh, it looked like he was having a pretty good time with it. Um, one thing, Ryan, is I know it's a small fixed Pichelli, but, I've I've cut myself so many times with small fixpichellis, <laughs> my living room flying around, hitting my feet, you know, or my leg. Um, just be safe with it because that well, space that you were flying it was quite small. Yeah. You know who Ryan is? No, Ryan's the first aid guy at Flight Fest, so he's got all the <laughs> okay. He's got, he's got all the Hello Kitty band aids that yes, he needs yeah. to fix himself <laughs> up. All right, awesome. That's good to know that he's well prepared for. <laughs> an incident. What was Fred saying before the cobbler's kid? Yeah, it works the other way too. Uh, Where the yeah. EMT should know. 
yeah. not to fly that thing so close. Yeah. So, I mean, and he was crashing in, you know, knocking into things and crashing it, and he would just kind of reset it and fly it and it would fly again. So that was pretty cool. It seems like uh, pretty durable for the size. Yeah. You know, because I used to break my, um, my oh, what is it, WL Toys V1911 or 9011 or whatever, 911, whatever it was. I used to beat that up pretty quickly. Like, I would have to buy blades and uh, linkages would always pop off and have to, I would lose them, so I have to buy new ones. So, um, but yeah, seemed pretty well, good. Those, those, those little blades hold up nice. I mean, I've got the, um, the MSR and the MSRX and, you know. <laughs> I beat them up good, and they—I haven't had to replace anything on them. Nice, awesome. Let's see, Chris Breams. Yeah, Chris Breams. So he uh, posted more pictures of his seventy-nine foot uh, wingspan <laughs> telemaster. Seventy-nine foot. Wow. <laughs> well, it was seventy-nine and one little apostrophe thing. Is that not feet? Chris, can I have a ride in it when you're done? <laughs> Building it. Okay, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's 79 inches, but he's one posture, so I'm going to run with that joke for a little while. But yeah, the wing looks like it's coming together nice. He got all the ribs lined up. He got all the cross beams um, in there, and he started sheeting the, the leading edge. So yeah, that thing looks pretty awesome. He also posted pictures of acetone, and I'm guessing if you make a boo-boo with CA, acetone works? I guess. I guess. I've never tried. I just... Rip the skin yeah. off my fingers usually. Yeah, I've heard about that using the acetone to separate. Nice. Cool. All right. That's the it. wing looked good, man. Looked like it was coming out good. Yeah. Website comments. Our friend Javier, he emailed us. Uh, he got into RC Heli Pilot Magazine, the same magazine we were in. Oh, nice. He got the uh, Reader's. It's not Reader's Rides. That's like a car magazine. Uh, what is it? Like Reader's Section or whatever? And, yeah, so he got a couple pictures in there and a little a bit of some stuff about, you know, Javier and it's flying and stuff. So, awesome, man. He also wanted to give us, uh, wanted us to give his friend a shout-out. Uh, his friend's hobby shop is called uh, Hobby Booths. And so, we want to give Jason a shout-out. I believe that, uh, I don't know, Jason hooked him up. Um, Isn't that what you drank on the way to the field, Hobby Boost? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the only way to... Uh, it's the only way to fly helicopters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. David, a.k.a. Hildeflyer. So he, he's he been emailing us, uh, and I've been going back and forth with him for a little bit. He actually supplied some videos that I need to check out, so and, I'm and definitely he, check that out. Hildeflyer does some nice articles on the uh, flight test articles yes. section. Yeah, he's the man. Yeah, so he's giving me tips about glassing because that's what I want to do with the VIG. And, nice. Uh, so, yeah. So thank you, uh, David. And we'll hopefully, um, hopefully, maybe have that ready for I don't know, Fly Fest or something. 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 Okay, and let's see what else we have here. David Jones sent us pictures of his amazing hobby room. Did you see those pictures? The way he had everything laid out and organized. No, I haven't. David Jones. Yeah. Wait, did he just do that? I heard some tone and a notification come up. No, it was it was like last week, I think. Oh. Let me double check. But okay, continue while I look. And in in CP Helis, somebody posted a picture that they had an an SR, a blade SR, mm-hmm. uh, that they got for free or something. And mm-hmm. I saw one of the funniest comments. Man, was from Mike Selby. He said that heli almost turned me into a planker when I first started into the hobby. <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess funny. that Blade SR wasn't too bad. Everybody else was like set it on fire and run away. Like people yeah. were just get rid of that thing. Yeah, I mean Muse had that one time and he brought that out to the field. That was it was garbage. Yeah, like I'd rather fly the 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 W Toys little clone, whatever that heli that I started on. I'd rather flown that. It felt way better. Yeah. But especially the newer helis these days that Blades makes, like the the in these in the size of one twenty one, you know fifty size or so, whatever the two hundred size, they are really getting, like I mean they're, they're having like the the flight controller, actually have like basic mode and intermediate mode and oh and really un- and mode and with safe and auto self leveling like all that stuff. It's really amazing that you know it's it's I feel like I'm. I'm good. I'm happy that Blade is trying to kind of bring the heli, making it more approachable. Because obviously, right. you know, you, you buy an Oxy, which is a great heli, but you buy an Oxy, you don't know what you're doing. You're going to trash it or, or you know, you could easily just be like, oh, that is a money pit because I have to replace so many parts. And, yeah. and yeah. it's just it's just too wild of controls, right? Like, it just gives you too much because you're, you're able to flip it really quick and do all these fancy 3D stuff once you get to that level of, of technique but at first that thing is way too much like if i had this when i first started i would probably not be flying ellies because it's way too much it's a big yeah. jump to go from four channel to six channel because you have the whole collective. setup the different modes the collective yeah yeah it, it's it's difficult so for blade to come out with this line of their s line like the, the you know 120s the 230s the 270s like it's great because it has those different modes. So you can fly it pretty much like a fixed pitch and then get into collective, somewhat of collective pitch, you know, type yeah. of control stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm all for it, you know. And, and like I said, I think I said this on a, on a Facebook post that, like, no matter what people say about Blade Helis, like, that 450X, it, I went from, like, you know, flying, like, whatever, fixed pitch, you know, basically flying, like, a quad around the room, right? All upright just doing little circuits and figure eights to like doing, you know, intermediate amount 3d all on that blade 50, uh, you know, 450 X. That's what got me advancing quickly in this hobby. So I know a lot of people dog it, but with beast X and everything, it was easy to set up. And that was my stepping stone into the, the crazier fly brawlers units where you really need to now know, like all these terminology and all this stuff before it was just all these lights. You just kind of, go through the menus it was simple you know but it was a stepping stone so exactly let's move on to podbean podbean uh we have a few people that started following us on podbean podbean's awesome because man this just never stops i don't think i've ever had a time where i've said we have nothing um (laughs) dh art dh (laughs) art started following us awesome d delisi 81 started following us we probably know who that is Mm-hmm. Shea Sakararas started <laughs> following us. Wait, wait, what was that? Shea Sakararas. Just pronou- I'm pronouncing what I say here. Wait, yeah, I think we need the music, but but second of all, though, I, I think I know who that is. And wait, are you just looking at it from our email? No, you- I'm reading it right off the notification from Podbean. Episodo Zero started following us, and Comic Stripped started following us <laughs> also dayton river rat liked episode 54 the holiday spectacular nice. and jerry Colburn 
I love this guy because I love that name. Jericho and Burn, yeah. Jericho Burn and uh, uh-huh. and D Delisi eighty one both liked episode fifty six. Frank Mortiaos. Mortiaos, <laughs> you love it. I've been practicing all week. Oh man, <laughs> oh man, that's for you, Frank. <laughs> all right, so let's uh, iTunes reviews. I did not see just, any iTunes reviews. Just always the total opposite of Poppy. Okay. No all iTunes. Right. Reviews this year. This year. Oh, man. I love it. <laughs> Drop us an iTunes review. Eh, I don't even know why I bother saying this, but we'll read the review in the next episode. <laughs> 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 Email us at freefallrc at gmail.com. Facebook like us, facebook.com slash podcast. Don't forget to check out our webpage, freefallrcpodcast.com. I still got to send Chris pick. <laughs> we are always adding new content. Not. Except not. for when we're not adding new content. <laughs> yeah, we'll get that going. Say hi to Chris there, though. Hi, Chris. Hello, Chris. Hi, Chris. All right. Flight Test Forums. Off the field. Audio and video production. Other than Flight Test Podcast. And you'll see us there. Free Fall RC Podcast sitting next to the Flight Test Community Cast guys. Hey, Patch Ola Mike. <laughs> I was waiting for you. I was like, is he going to say it? I don't, I don't I forgot whether you said say hi to those guys, but no, you don't. Um, and say hi to Nick. Hi, Nick. And uh, post yeah, your uh, workshop ideas and pictures over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, give Nick something to do. Yeah. Yes. yes. Well, so, and it's good. I mean, you know, the Facebook page is good too, but it's a little bit better archive over on the forum. Yeah, definitely. It's easier to search and find it. Facebook, it gets lost in the abyss of Facebook. So post them both. And that way later on, Steve could say, hey, I used so-and-so's uh, idea in my workshop. And here's a picture of it. Uh, all right. Uh, Fred, if uh, people want to get in touch with you. and Contact support at flighttest.com. You can find me on the uh, flight test forums under Flying Monkey. Uh, you've got me on Facebook at uh, fredprost at gmail.com. Is Patrick here? Who? Huh? <laughs> Is what? Patrick here? I hear some knocking and building. Is Patrick here? <laughs> Do we have the spirit of Patrick here? <laughs> Let me get my sandpaper out. I hear some knocking or tapping in the background. Uh, Who is that? Is that you, Kevin? No, Famous? it was Fred. Fred? No, that Fred. one was Fred. Okay. That, one, that one was me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> the spirit of Patrick. If you're here, Patrick, oh. give us a sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Patrick? Uh, no, there's a mouse in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry I interrupted. So, yeah. Uh, cu- yeah customer service, flight tests, um, <laughs> flying monkey on the forums, right? That test's good. Yep. And then Fred Provost on the, uh, on the Facebook. On the Facebook. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Fred. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Thank you, Fred, for coming on the show. Uh, oh, you're it's welcome. a pleasure. It was uh, I, I like talking about this stuff. I want to. It gets me amped up to build. You know. I know. I I, I, I love it. I uh, I spent a lot of time watching videos on YouTube, and there's not much in the way of shop videos for RC stuff. I wish there was more. So uh, I pushed TJ. TJ did a pretty good job on. Uh, oh, his Carl Leidick did a freaking great shop video tour. Yeah, or video yeah. shop tour mm-hmm. or something. Oh, so yeah? A, I got to check that out. Yeah, check there's that one out. There's a few of them out there. He's got a couple of really good ideas that we didn't even get into. We'll have to save it for next time. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, Fred, and thanks to all our listeners. 
free our skies and we'll see you next time see ya see ya take care take care see ya Plagiarizing that phone. It wasn't plagiarizing because nobody recognized it. Because <laughs> nobody told it. Was <laughs> Fred, Fred, Fred. I can't wait till he, when he, I'm going to, I'm going to ring him and <laughs> as it's ringing and he picks up, I'm going to say, okay, yeah. here we go. <laughs> are you still there? I'm just taking a look at this thing. What are you doing? This tool rack thing. Hey, oh, I didn't hey guys. Any rack thing. Oh, oh, hey. And that's why I can't stand. Oh, ha, hey, Fred. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was a little late with that. All right. Cool, man. Right. Fred, it's always fun, dude, when you come on the show. I've had a good time, man. Well, thanks. Steve didn't bore me to death. Well, I, I always wonder because, you know, every time I come on here and, and, and Kevin makes fun of the episode, I feel bad. Dude, you know what was it was so funny? I was listening. Well, it was a, it was episode fifty two when we were talking about best episodes and worst episodes. And I shout out Fred Provost. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Every time I hear that, I laugh hysterical. Man, I'm like, well, now oh. I have, now I have your phone number. I can call you up in the middle of a conversation and just start talking to you about it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yep. What do you mean you didn't like it? <laughs> what do you mean, Fred Provost? Eh. What do you mean? All right. So I, I I like how you know at the end there Steve was just going and going and going and going and going and talking and talking. I thought he wanted to go build a helicopter. I do want to go build a helicopter. <laughs> I was up to two a.m. last night. What makes it any different tonight? Well, 